So I went to a bar for a New Year's celebration and took a taxi home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were so I was in the taxi and I came up on a checkpoint, got a checkpoint. Uh-huh. And when they saw the taxi, mm-hmm. they just waved us on past. Okay, got home safely. It's just surprising. Never Did been in a taxi that? before. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's Alive Alive Podcast. This is a true crime, paranormal, interstellar podcast covering unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I'm your host, a man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the bruiser Bronson, Dr. H. George Smokenstein, THC, or you can call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the bride, the Smokenstein, the India horror, the expert, the guts and gore, the gorgeous, the sexy Amy Rose. Hi. Hi. So, it's New Year's. We've already said we got big plans for this year. Mm-hmm. And anyone, uh, well, there, people are going to hear it afterwards. We have uh, the weekend update. It's not the weekend mini so anymore. It's the weekend it's the update. Weekend. That's all. That was no, recorded it's yesterday. Say what weekend update? Oh, yeah. 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 Weekend updates. SNLs and they'll sue us. Yeah. And we discussed that on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was recorded before this. Mm-hmm. But our plan was this week to do Pazuzu. And I said that already. I, even though I say on Saturday, I'm never telling you again what we're going re- recording. You break your day. Yeah. It, because I thought it would be done today, I thought it'd be done before yeah, Saturday. In so it didn't make a difference. But the reason for it is basically because we're still kind of on Christmas holidays. We're only just coming over Christmas holidays today, mm. so we're only just kind of back to work. And I have started to work, and that was the thing about this script. I expected it to be a lot shorter, and I expected yeah. there to not be as much information as there was there for me. And when I got started with it, it was a case of I can rush this and be ready for Wednesday, or I can take my time. And I think. Because you and me said our New Year's resolution here is to not be late with these episodes. That from now on, we won't be late with these episodes. And what we will do is, this is my plan. I don't know if you agree with this. If okay. we're going to be late, mm-hmm. then we will put up a bonus episode from Patreon on our main feed. But it will only be up there for the length of time that that episode is late. Once that episode shows up, it will be replacing the Patreon episode we put up oh, there. As a, there yeah. So there will always be something be there fun. on the day it's supposed to be there. But mm-hmm. it might not be the right thing. <laughs> and sometimes it might be a filler episode to give us a chance to get the script right and get it ready because I'd rather release a really good script and the other side of it the only other option is that we become like a Monthly. TV series and, and, and oh, release I don't do series. you have seasons I don't do that, no, and I know I, I prefer being week to week you know and it's just you know, we're, 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 I think in the next few weeks we'll have a handle on it because we have a handle on it we have a kind of week in advance now. We've already got stuff recorded for next week yeah. we've already got most of the scripts for next week and mm-hmm. the week after ready, nearly ready so what we're going to do this week is we want to try and tell you about our Patreon because we're going to be putting a lot more effort into Patreon as well this year. Mm-hmm. We've done a fair bit last year on Patreon. Yeah, well, we have. Yeah, And um, yeah. that is where we say the ingredients are that make up this main show mm-hmm. and uh, the, the horrorverse. And that's where we take, we have two shows, two exclusive shows to Patreon. The rest are there on early release. So if you want to hear the mini-sodes early, you want to hear the weekend or the Say What Weekend update early, you want to hear the main show a day early, you go over to Patreon, you get them a day early yeah. and ad-free. Mm-hmm. But we have two shows that are exclusively for Patreon, and that is Behind the Mask and Real Monsters. Behind the Mask being, it started off as kind of like a random movie trivia kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where just kind of went a bit all over the place. And then we finally knuckled it down. I was like, this is a, rev- it's not a review. It's a summary kind of discussion. A, a movie discussion, discussion about the movie. We don't really review the movies. No. We give our opinions and bits and pieces of them. But to the most part, we kind of just go through the movie and go kind of into maybe some of the 
stories about the movie, some of the production mm-hmm. stories about the, the good movie. Point of the movie. It's just basically a chat about the movie. Yeah. Do you know, it's not yeah. a discussion. It's not, or it isn't, it is a discussion. It's not a review and it's not a summary. Because we mightn't even sum- summarize the whole fucking film. We might be just talking, get stuck talking about one part and then zoom past a load of other mm. parts. And, yeah. But, um, I mean, just have a look and see what we have there on Behind the Mask. Because today, that's what we're giving you. You're going to get an episode of Behind the Mask and you're going to get an episode of Real Monsters here on this episode today. Uh, the episode of Behind the Mask is probably going to be Paranormal Activity to go along with our Real Monsters episode on the Enfield Poltergeist. Now, that came up as a bonus episode a while back for seven days. Yeah, I know it did. I remember So, that. it's going up here now permanently on this episode. Uh, permanently or until the episode goes No, no, this oh, one's done. This I get you. I guess, no, I know I understand what you're going to be here yeah. for good. So, anyone that wants to get a taste of our Patreon will get it through this episode. Uh, and when I say like behind the mask, we start like I said, we started off a little different, and we kind of started like I mean, my our first episode there was Wes Craven, yeah, and I went through his entire career. We did, and, and that was fun. Yeah. It was good, but and then we did Dan Lino for um, Dan Lino was fun. Yeah, well, friend, that was that was the idea. We were going to take someone from that movie, from mm-hmm. each movie, and kind of discuss that person or that topic or the controversy the actor, behind it or director, the, stuff yeah. like that. Like Because, again, as we go along, we have Caesar and the Wicker Man. And we were looking into I the historical well. facts of the Wicker Man. Mm. Uh, Stephen King's Misery, we looked into what Stephen King was thinking when he wrote that book. Yeah. Then we ended up on the history of the Illuminati. Yeah. Who were we covering that we ended up on the history of the Illuminati? Oh, we were doing Texas Chainsaw. And I had my Illuminati kind of... Uh, Oh, yeah. That kind of veered it. off topic for what we're doing, though. It was more. Then we were looking at censorship in the video nasties. I enjoyed that. I love the documentaries about the video nasties. Mm-hmm. And that's one that we should be constantly looking at because it's kind of. Those movies will be definitely. A lot, most of them will be along the style of something we could cover. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of serial killer kind of stuff in it. And mm. I mean, Evil Dead ends up in there as well. But I don't know where that kind of lands on how we do that. We could manage it, but. Well, isolated, you could say it was like a bad trip or something. Could do, yeah. Shrooms kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, there's stuff like the Driller Killer in there and obviously Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. if you covered. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of those video nasties that were very... The reason they were video nasties because they were a bit too realistic for people. So last no, I was looking back at it, but so for them at the but time, the concept yeah. of what oh, well, was going yeah. on in yeah. it. Because obviously, look, we said we made a point of that during uh, Texas Chainsaw. Is, it, it's what you don't see is what's scaring you do you know because yeah. like people swear that they see the hook scene you know, of him being or her being hooked oh yeah, yeah. putting the hook yeah but you never see that in the first one. you see it in every other fucking movie but not yeah. that one so but that was the kind of stuff we were doing like again the boogeyman the evolution of slashers which was fun yeah. the origins of halloween and then after that it was kind of around halloween where we kind of looked at each other and at that stage we were scripting three shows and doing one freestyle and the freestyle one was only taking 20 minutes <coughs> yeah yeah and it was like well people aren't getting enough of us they're only getting us scripted at least on patreon now you get like obviously on the main feed you get the main show the yeah. show and you get the weekend up uh, say what weekend mm-hmm. update and that's us the, the weekend update is us just talking usually there's not even especially with that one there's barely even bullet points in front of us before just we walk in it's just chat. like yeah, let's have a chat yeah but uh, and then this show is usually pretty heavily scripted because we've mm-hmm. got to be on time, we've got to get everything in, and we've got to remember everything. 
And then we found the same when we were doing um, Behind the Mask and we were trying to make a topic out of it. There was a lot of writing on top of having to do real monsters. Whereas now we only have two scripted shows and two unscripted shows. So you write a script a week, I write a script a week, and then we do or two unscripted. Where we just, I mean, we got to watch the movies for the research yeah. anyway. So yeah, we're able exactly. to have the discussion in Behind the Mask. And that's why, and I think Behind the Mask gotten better in that sense. I think if we were doing something where we had, even if we had some script for that show, I think it would take away from it. Because then you're just talking about them. You're, you're, you're giving the, the you're the same old review or some yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. that yeah. everybody else is doing. This is just us talking shit. Yeah, exactly. No, again, you're getting all that for a fiver, and that's only in behind the mask alone. We have like eighteen, uh, seventeen episodes with an eighteenth coming next week, and they come up weekly with the rest of our shows. Yeah. Uh, over on Real Monsters, I mean, we've hit, we've done some big names on Real Monsters. We need to chill out and start doing some smaller names. Smart We're going to run through yeah. all the big guys really, really fast. Uh, I mean, we have done, who have we done? We started with the Gainesville Ripper. We did Ratcliffe Highway Murders, Adolfo Costanzo, Angels of Death, that Japanese uh, cannibal guy. What's his name? Oh, Isi Sagawa. That's or Isi I don't know. Something like see. that. Um, I don't like we've done. Co- I mean, in the last couple of weeks, we've done Columbine. We've done the Enfield Haunting, which you're going to hear today. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorites. Because we put that. in a lot of uh, sound bites in there <sighs> of uh, the ghost talking and stuff. Like that. That's all fun. Um, last episode we had up there was just before Christmas. And that was Ronald Gene Simmons, not the kiss front. Not man. the kiss, yeah. <laughs> and and a, neither a is Gene story. Simmons called after him. No, because he's born before him. So that's yeah. even weirder. And um, there's some more Christmas stories in that episode. But mm-hmm. we kind of finish on the big gene simmons yeah. but again there's like 17 episodes up there they just keep on going up and up and up and up and up and we're hoping to get better and better and more put more time into both of them oh you know over the rest of the year and on top of that we got more plans for patreon you yeah. know there is extras coming over the year yeah. um we'll figure out when we have time to start working on them and dropping them in there but We'll have little extra surprises over the years and little extra add-ons. And we're going to keep it at one tier. So it'll be a fiver no matter what for now. Good. Obviously, when we start doing video stuff and chatting to people, then we'll have to start talking to big bucks. (laughs) 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 Fiver and send me a coffee. Coupon or something. (laughs) I drink too much, too much coffee. Fucking Patreon. You got to say, first send us the fiver and then post us one of those cards with the tin coffee things on it that are all stamped. (laughs) Then post (laughs) us a cup of coffee. (laughs) Anyway, this week we are going to lead in with Behind the Mask, which has awesome intro music that I'm going to leave in. And then we are going to do... um, we're going to look at the Paranormal Activity series there, one through four. I think we briefly might talk on a few of the other ones, but one to four is what we're focused on because that's what went into our story. Yeah. So another thing about Behind the Mask is if you're ever listening to this show and wondering, where the fuck did he come up with that idea? Generally, I'll tell you on Behind the Mask where I came up with that idea. Yeah, you know, I'll say, well, you. I took this point from here and put it in the story. I changed it and put it in the story yeah. so that I could add it in because usually when we do the stories, we try to get as much out of every movie that we can find that's good and we try and fit it in there somewhere. We squeeze yeah. it in somewhere. Yeah. So even if it's a little fact or a little thing, we try and get it in there, do you know? So if you're wondering where I'm getting that from, sometimes you'll find out I'm behind the mask because that's where I kind of give it away as we're going through the mm-hmm. movies. And they're usually just the movies we researched, do you know? Yeah. Um, so like I said, this is Paranormal Activity 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then it goes straight into the Enfield Haunting after that. And that, again, is an awesome one. 
if you're into your spooky ghosts this is a cool story and again i love all the sound bites from it Mm -hmm. it is awesome so you're going to check that out right now Hello and welcome to Behind the Mask, and it's a live alive, Patreon exclusive horror movie podcast. I'm your host, a man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the Bruiser Bronson, Dr. H.R. Steen, or you can call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the brightest Smokestein, that I can't remember the rest because it's not scripted in front of me, Amy Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> you gave yourself your own intro. I can remember my own intro, okay. but your, some of those names are new for you. I only came up with them lately, so they're not ingrained in my brain just yet. <laughs> uh, I was going to write them down too, but I gave up on it. You got lazy. A lot of horror news this week. Did you see that there is going to be a new Strangers trilogy? And it's Ooh. all going to come out in the same year. Like the one with Liv Tyler, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cool. I enjoy that one. Yeah, I... I realized that there's certain movies, I think I said this before, certain movies that seem too real to me scare me. Mm-hmm. And that one was a little bit too real oh, for me. I think you should watch Funny Games. So I, but that's why I keep avoiding it. You keep bringing it up and I, I keep really saying it. I don't want to fucking watch it. And it's really good because movie. It, and that's the thing. Like about, I can watch documentaries about serial killers all day. Mm. I can listen to documentaries about serial killers all day. But you give me a movie about one, and I'm like, this creeps me the fuck. It's actually Sideshow Bob. It's not like slasher movies, serial killer. I mean, like, you know, movies about serial killer. Like, the Zodiac movie creeps me out. Okay, yeah, Zodiac creeps me out. I will give you that. I still haven't seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, the one about Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, but the look at the I think it's that one, the the last, the one I was telling you about, the last horror movie. The really cheesy, the really noble one that I saw. That kind of creeped me out of it because. I saw it as a teenager and uh, people who were being murdered and it seemed like they were really terrified and about to be killed and that huh. really fucking left the mark on me. So it's hard for me to watch those kind of movies. Or, or, or It's hard for me to get myself to watch those movies. When I watch the movies, I enjoy the movies. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah. But like it's short, American it's going Psycho to and stuff like that. Like it's just when it's just solely about a serial killer doing a serial killer thing, it's creepy. Yeah, I can't the American Psycho is slightly different. But then I've seen it. Yeah. I don't know it, like, because uh, I know I, it, that's kind of left up in the air as to whether that's in his head mm. and a fantasy or something that he's actually doing. Well, I always found him kind of like unsettlingly slapstick in a round yeah. and round. Do you know what I mean? It's but what I'm saying is the difference there is it's something that could happen. Whereas when you look at something like us oh, yeah, covering yeah. fucking scream and doing the ghost face killings, the stuff we cover in our show. Yeah. Are unlikely to happen. Michael Myers is unlikely to happen. They 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 would get so far and then they'd be shot down. Be oh shot. yeah. I mean there's you no know, way somebody's killing that many people. Two in one teenagers life. in America yeah. aren't gonna fool the cops into you know and get away with it. Especially when you see in Scream One the cheesiest shit that I could ever see. I I think cheesier than Scream Three mm-hmm. is Ghostface lurking in the uh, bushes and lurking around the shop following <laughs> Sydney in full costume while the police are out looking for this guy in this costume. 
In the middle of the fucking day. In a busy I shop. think that's why it's so funny when Scary Movie <laughs> takes the piss out of us. And I completely blanked it the first few times I saw uh, it. I always remembered the bushes part. Yeah. And in my head it was like, alright, I can at least rationalise the fact that he's mm. hiding in the bushes. But it's stupid to be running around in your fucking killer classroom in the middle of the day. It was only this year when we watched it again in research that I actually realised the scene in the shop even happened. And it's like, so this guy went into the shop in full fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> around while these people look And especially while his main target is keeping an eye out for someone in this costume. <laughs> like, you know, it yeah. seems ridiculous. But then again, can you... Co- like, I was thinking if I had to write it into our story, I could have talked it away with the same way all the kids in the school had the costume and it was just someone acting a dick. Well, there's know? that side of it. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, no one saw him, so we didn't have to talk about it because we couldn't possibly know if it's a true crime thing that he was there at all. Exactly. You know? yeah. We shouldn't know. We yeah. only know for watching as a spectator from the outside, whereas we're playing up the part of people who are learning this for as a mm. true crime police case. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Strangers trilogy is going to happen and it's going to be based over three nights and I think the idea is and I've seen this being done a lot lately there's this one um, Fear Street I don't think I've watched that one yet either the name yes it but about. it's over three generations as well it's kind of like you know Fear Street 19 whatever Fear Street but it's like X um, Pearl yeah I suppose and, yeah, and yeah, Maxine yeah, that's yet that to come too, like, but yeah. um, I have to check these out but uh, especially this new Strangers trilogy all in one year they're going to come out. So it's going to be like one after the other over the space of year. They're all being shot. Who's, who's in it? Any? Um, let me find out for you. But uh, on top of that then, there is all the, oh, the, the Terrifier Thanks. 3 uh, trailer actually, the teaser trailer actually came out out now. The, the one I posted was a... The teaser? Um, no, it was a teaser trailer, but it was on exclusively in a cinema. Oh, it wasn't out to the public. Okay. Yeah, it was a pirated version. What am I looking up? The Strangers. The Strangers. I got Eli Roth's new one. Chapter one. So chapter one. Madeline Pesh. Petesh. Don't know her. Rachel Senton. I don't recognize any of these people. Gabriel okay. Basso. Richard Brake. Ella Brooke, I don't, I see no one we know. Ben Cartwright looks familiar. Ben nope. Cartwright was in Sherlock Holmes. He was in the Imaginarium of Dr. Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. He was in Eve. No, that's Eve, not Killing Eve. We saw Killing Eve, not Eve. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be an English actor, so we must have seen him somewhere. Yeah, no, no, we know, but they're coming out next year, so that could be awesome. Yeah. And I see the Americans are getting big into their um, Thanksgiving horrors this Ooh, year. Oh, Eli Roth, Thanksgiving. So you got Thanksgiving, and there was another one I saw, and I can't find it now. I still have to watch the Poultry Geist from <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poultry Geist. the Thanksgiving turkey gets his revenge. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> But, uh, so, an event 16 years in the making. This is from Bloody Disgusting. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving finally becomes a real movie this week. But it's o- not on- the only new horror movie keeping us company on the road to Thanksgiving. So, what do we have coming this week? Five new releases, okay? Okay. So, on... 
do do here's all the yeah so okay <laughs> just when you marked yourself safe from the Sharknado film franchise uh, Uncorked Entertainment has now unleashed a storm of their own with Monsternado <laughs> Monsternado is it it looks like um, well the picture I have in front of me if it, if it is from the, the promotional material there is a Tyrannosaurus Rex a, there is some tentacles coming from it. There is a shark. There is what? What's the um? Oh, pterodactyl. There is some other alien-looking things. I have no idea. Sounds Monst- like there is a lot of writers trying to have their own <laughs> input into Monster this Nato, story. Which fills a tornado with all the scariest creatures is now available on digital platforms. And yes, it's a real movie. You can watch the trailer down below. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that. But okay, a tornado infested with prehistoric monsters has formed in the Bermuda Triangle and is making its way towards land. Megalodon. Pterodactyls, giant octopuses, crocodiles, and more attack. Now the city must fight to survive against these deadly creatures. Oh, this sounds good. Another fantastic film from Tyler James, who's the Loch Ness Monster, also releases in November. Monster Nado is fun, frightening, and brimming with some very cool special effects sequences, said Keith Leopard, president of Uncorked Entertainment. The Loch Ness Monster movie. I know the name, not the Loch Ness Monster movie. Hang on, I'll open a link in the tab and we will have it. does sound riveting, though. The Loch Ness Monster movie. Swimming our way. Digital platforms on. It's already out, November 7th. Uh, Fans of the Meg and Tremors. uh, So it's going to be a kind of Loch Ness Monster Mm, attack disaster movie kind of thing. No, thanks. Yeah. In my mind, Nessie's nice. I, I don't foresee him attacking us. In, it, in my mind, Nessie's like an underwater brontosaurus. Um, you're the ones you'd see at the start of Jurassic Park yeah. and they're just really nice. Is that just because of that movie from when we were kids with um, Ted Danson? No, but even before I saw that, like, you know, like the stories that you'd hear, it's just like, you, you know, like, like, like a cuddly dinosaur. Okay, next one coming out this week is... Satanic Hispanics. <laughs> what? <laughs> Five Latino filmmakers have come together for a horror anthology. Um, today the film is available at home. The filmmakers, you ask, the list includes Mike Mendez, Big Ass Spiders, Alejandro Borges, One of the Dead. Oh my God. Borges. Borges. But yeah, but it's Latino. Borges yeah. wouldn't be in a team. B-O-R-G-I-A-S? There's a backwards father over the last E. Oh, not what I was thinking. Gigi Saul Guerrera, cult shock, Culture Shock. Eduardo Sanchez, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, I knew I know. And Damien Rugna, Terrified, which makes uh, for a killing horror anthology lineup. The movie is very special for us. Says, oh yeah, of course it would be the one name I can't fucking pronounce. <laughs> the first all Latino horror anthology made by some of the best horror directors representing us all from all corners of Latin America and focusing on telling our stories. We couldn't be happier with iconic events joining us in unleashing our Latino mayhem on our on you during Hispanic Heritage Month. In the film, police raid a house in El Paso full of dead Latinos and with only one survivor, the tra- the traveler. When the cops when the cops him to the, that's bad writing right there, bloody disgusting. When the cops him to the station for questioning, 
<laughs> didn't sound, sound like you were really pissed <laughs> off and bloody disgusting. <laughs> he tells them about the horrors he encountered in his long time on this earth. Oh, that's cool. So it'd be like a time traveler who's seen all this shit. Okay. And when they come across, across this crime, he's on Survivor and then he's telling them this. this Very good. So satanic Hispanics. It sounds like we're fucking after selling this episode this week after <laughs> these movies. Sponsored by. I just wanted this is something I'm thinking of doing every week. You know, we can watch the new releases. We can talk, and then we can get into what we are talking about this week, which will be paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, oh, is Onyx, the Fortuous, and the Talisman of Souls. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Is it like I, I, I don't a, know what it is? To throw back to a retro fun of the 80s and 90s, Onyx is struggling to find purpose with his soul devouring side gig when he receives a coveted invitation to the mansion of his idol, Bartox the Grey. Here he joins Bartox and his mysterious delegation to raise the spirits of an ancient demon for a once in a lifetime ritual. Oh my god, Amy, can we watch this, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of looking this at it here. Looks and, ridiculous, and, and I love probably it. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, we give it a try. Uh, next one out is ooh, uh, an intense hostage situation breaks out on Christmas Eve at a convenience store in writer director producer Dan Brown's feature debut. Is that Dan Brown? Dan of, Brown, um, like the, the writer or Dan of, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Oh. Lucky Day, starring Angus Cloud. He just died, didn't he? Angus Clouds. Angus Cloud just died of a drug overdose, didn't he? In mm-hmm. one of his final roles. The film was released in VOD today. In your lucky day, it's a breath away from Christmas. <gasps> Holy shit, strength. Euphoria guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in a lucky day, it's a breath away from Christmas. The six strangers have converged in a convenience store. The store owner, a wealthy man, pregnant couple, criminal, and rookie cop. Together, they witness a wealthy man win $156 million in the lottery. At gunpoint, the criminal demands the winning ticket. The cop tries to stop the robbery. He shoots first accidentally killing the wealthy man. In the ensuing confusion, the criminal takes out the cop. It sounds like they're telling us the whole fucking story. Mm-hmm. The, criminal's persu- the criminal persuades the group to join him in a pact, money for a cover-up. But they have failed to notice that the cop is still alive. The cop contacts his father, himself an ex-cop, who enlists his former partners to help save his son and steal the winning ticket for themselves. Who will survive and how far will they go? So this movies are sounding fucking decent. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, we'll be watching that. Let alone we'll be watching that. We could be covering that. Yeah. Uh, that sounds Try like it. one that would we, we, we fit right into our wheelhouse. Uh, based on each... Oh, cool. So Thanksgiving comes from fucking the Grindhouse uh, double feature with um, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on his fake trailer from the Grindhouse double feature, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving hits theaters on Friday, November 17th, promised an R-rated bloodbath. So, and uh, isn't that how Machete... Came along from as well. the second installment of it, of this. Oh as no, from the trailer. No, as far as I know, it was a fake trailer. Machete was a fake trailer. In a, yeah, so like, the yeah, yeah. concept was you had mm. um, the one you hit. Death proof. Death proof. Death proof. played, and then before the uh, death proof, there was some fake trailers. Then mm. there was death proof. Then there was some more fake trailers. Then there was uh, uh, Planet Terror. Yeah. By um, Robert Rodriguez. And it was supposed to like pay homage to the Grindhouse days where you go and see these double features and there'd be all, all the trailers for Grindhouse movies. Like, yeah. Obviously, the Grindhouse movies that have been made from this fucking movie. So this movie has spawned the Machete series and now this Thanksgiving movie. Okay. 
The film, an expansion of Rot 4 trailer seen in Grindhouse 2007, will be released in theaters worldwide by TriStar Pictures and Spyglass Media Group, who made Scream. In Thanksgiving, after a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer uh, terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. The cast for the feature-length slasher movie includes Patrick Dempsey, Addison Ray, Jalen Thomas-Brooks, Milo Mannheim, Neil Verlach, Gina Gerson, Tim Dillon, and Rick Hoffman from Hostel. Roth wrote the script with Jeff Rendell, Roger Brimbum, and Eli Roth are producing. So, yeah, we'll definitely be checking that one out as well. So, fucking, out of those five, I would say there's definitely three there that we're going to watch. Three good ones, yeah. We're going to watch Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch... The Hostage Situation The Hostage one. one, yeah, which was, what did I say the name of that one was? That is One Lucky Day. Your Lucky Day. Okay. Um, There's a possibility of Onyx the Fortuous and the Talisman of Souls. Is there? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think we'll give the uh, Monster Nado a pass. Well, you see, that's the one that I'd like to watch. Yeah? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Satanic Hispanics doesn't sound bad either. It's all a five. I'd definitely give... I, I, see, I'd give two definite watch, two a maybe, and one a no. Which one is the, is the no? The, the, the no Monster-Nado. is the Monster Nado. The maybes are Hispanic, uh, Satanic Hispanics, and Onyx the Fortuous, and the Talisman of Souls. And the ones I'm definitely going to watch are Your Lucky Day and Thanksgiving. Mainly because, again, Your Lucky Day and Thanksgiving could become subjects on our main show someday. Yeah. I mean, Monster Nado seems, seems, it seems like they try to be imaginative, but it seems completely oh, but unimaginative. Oh, there's so many of them, though. I mean, this is a, this is a comedy. I think it's a comedy thing anyway. Anytime any movie gets popular, there's going to be... Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, even today's subject, Paranormal Activity. The day, the first time I saw the first one, Paranormal Activity, directly afterwards, I watched a movie called Paranormal Entity. So there was a rip-off of it straight away. And you see yourself, like, when... Uh, when Disney are about to release live actions of like Jungle Book or yeah, Pinocchio yeah. or all these ones, a shitload more of them come up. Pop oh, up right. you know? yeah. Or if there's a new fucking um, Deadpool coming up, there'll be a rip off of, uh, you know, fucking rip off version of it of fucking alive. Not alive, Wait. man. <laughs> not alive paddling pool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the Z Men. <laughs> Ant Man, but not Ant Man. Ant Spog's life. Do you know? There's always these movies, and apparently, oh, remember the Jungle Book and the Jungle Book. But that's what I'm saying. But apparently, as I was listening to this on the last podcast, Henry was saying that um, it's a reason they won't have a movie about which one was it? It was one of the. It's a famous magician, the guy that made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Oh, Houdini. Yeah, Houdini. Houdini. This is the guy recently that made a statue of Liberty disappear, didn't he? He just kind of moved the platform slightly, but like it's something to do with mirrors or something. Oh, we could it be on two different things. Might be Houdini. Well, uh, but anyway, the, the reason they won't make a movie about him is because everybody, every fucking movie studio has a script ready to go for him, so it'll be flooding the market. Oh, it has instantly. to be Houdini, and that's the thing that he would say is like that when there's these popular subjects popular things that, that all the movies can have rights to mm. they'll all have scripts ready to go and it's basically waiting for one of them to make a move and as soon as one of them makes a move all of them will make a move but can you so not you just get, keep it under wraps and have everybody like sign ndas and have like your like like 
whacky type of. That's event. fine, but the smaller studios don't need as much time. So as soon as there's, as soon as you start promoting your movie, they're making theirs and they'll have it out just as quick. It just won't be the same quality. That's why I mean the slasher. We talked about the slasher um, genre and how it went downhill throughout the nineties, and it was because they were getting cheaper and cheaper and knocking them out quicker and quicker. Yeah, and the stories were weaker and weaker. The costumes were weaker and weaker. It was just about cashing in you know? yeah yeah so uh yeah but that is and talking about that today this week we were looking at found footage kind of stuff so i mean that is nice and cheap so once the blair witch project brought that one out everyone decided that's the cool thing about found footage that's the mm. one thing i would be cool with found footage uh, for is the fact that do you know, it is a very, especially in a paranormal sense, mm. it's terrifying. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. And um, just because it feels real. And, and, and it, well, didn't they have to, it's that and Cannibal Holocaust are two cases mm. where the actors had to kind of come forward and say, we're I'm fine. Because I think they got the, it's, the, the people who made the Blair Witch Project got their actors to do the same thing yeah, as Cannibal Holocaust uh, actors and well, yeah, go missing mm. for you had to stay out of the public eye for like a certain amount of months yeah. but eventually they had to bring them out to say no this is fake here they are here mm. are the oh yeah yeah you know I will admit I haven't watched a shitload of phone footage I, I, I haven't even seen the Blair Witch Project I've seen the last half of the Blair Witch Project I when it goes I'm looking at a list of some of the more popular ones here I have seen the last horror movie, which is the one I was talking about. Shit, it's right here, two thousand and three. I haven't seen that. Oh, I, I we we will watch it because we will definitely definitely cover it. It is really creepy. Hang on, I'll just open it up here and tell you what it's about. Um, so the last horror movie, British film footage. So the film follows Max Perry, a dist- uh, disturbed wedding video cameraman, and his unnamed assistant as they perform several murders uh, that they have videotaped. The two have used a video store tape in order to record the proceedings, breaking the fourth wall and insinuating that the copy of the film being watched is only is the only existing version of the tape. Ooh. Throughout the film, Max uses meta-references in order to show off his gruesome activities as a serial killer. The film raises questions surrounding visceral pleasure, this can be seen in one scene in particular during which the audience cannot see the victim two at once being murdered. Max Perry then asked the audience, I bet you wanted to see that. And if you didn't, why are you still watching? Wow. At the end of the film, the audience is left to believe that since they are watching the only copy of the film, that they are they will potentially become one of Max's victims. Creepy. It is. It, do you know what? We will. I'll watch that with you this week. I've avoided the shit out of it since I saw it the first time. But when I saw it, I would my like it was it freaked me out. Yeah. And then I saw it in GameStop one day and it was cheaper without going by that. I have to have it. I know it freaks me out. But you haven't watched it, have you? I've never that game has never been played. Shit. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But it's on and we have it on our on demand as well, you know. But uh so I I watched that one and I watched the because of me being a big Romero fan and Mm. Night of the Living Dead fan, I watched the uh what was it, Diary of the Dead? That was the phone footage one. Remember, it was all done on the iPhone kind of thing. They were around the hospital. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of that. And I'd say the next one that I got would have been uh, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that's the main one that stands out to me. I think that's pretty much one of the only ones I've seen. No, I saw Diary of the Dead after Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity was the 
The first one. It was the first real proper fucking creepy one. What, what, what one did I say before that? was the, He was a serial killer kind of one. This was a paranormal, paranormal. one. Mm. No, there was a reason it creeped me out. Yeah. As much as it did at the time. Yeah. That wasn't long after I had broken my leg mm-hmm. and in the bike accident. Mm-hmm. And I had just been prescribed uh, codeine for the first time. And I, Your mind is blown. Oh, stop. I, I, I was having a bad day and I doubled my dosage. I was in La La Land watching those movies and they creeped me out even fucking more. Me and David were watching them together. And I remember like, because I wasn't used to the codeine and people who haven't taken codeine, a lot of people have at this point. I mean, you do. But when you first take it for the first time, if your body gets used to it, you get like, it's almost like butterflies in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just feel light, but you could kind of feel a bit nauseous at the same time. But yeah. I'm watching this movie, and then directly after we watched that movie, we watched Paranormal Entity, which was a bit more intense. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a ghost rape scene in that one as well, where she's like lifted up off the bed, and the ghost is raping her. And mm. is this a remake? It, no, it was kind of a cash in, uh, cash in on uh, okay. Paranormal Activity. I'll show you that one too. Okay. Fine movie. I yeah. was even half to throw it into the script this week, but I was like, fuck. Steve but, um, yeah, so Paranormal, I watched that and I remember <laughs> I was kind of out of it and Dave was like, right, I'm going home now. And I lived on my own at the time in my grandparents' home who yeah. were passed on and I was on my own there. So I was like, all right, you stay here at the front door. I'm just going to turn off everything downstairs, turn on the TV and the lights upstairs, and then you can go. <laughs> <laughs> once I got everything upstairs and I was upstairs... He closed the door. He went. He left, and I was able to be in my room, watch TV. Once the noise was on, I didn't give a shit. Not leave to do sort of sun. Oh god! So when did you see? Did you see it when it came out? Did you see it in the cinema? Mm, I saw it at my cousin's house. Think, but it was what after it came out. I'd say. Well, after well, not what after it came out, but it was out on DVD. You and me went on a bit of a binge on him a few years ago because I only realized that while we were researching it that we because I thought. I thought the marked ones was the last one we saw. Mm-mm. But we've seen the ghost dimension as well. And that must have been what set us off to watch all of them. To go back and watch the ghost all dimension the, oh, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, let's refresh ourselves before we watch this one. Probably. And we watched all of them. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had forgotten the end of the marked ones. Because I, I knew that I was going to be stopping at three or four tops. Yeah. Yeah. If four made sense to me at the end, I would have put it in, but the ending just didn't make sense. It just it muddied up the water. There was no need for it to be there, so I didn't bother with it. I just went one, two, three. But I wanted to see, because I'd seen the Katie and Christy turned up in other movies, and I wanted to see what would have any relevance as it needed. And mm-hmm. that's when uh, I came across the ending of the marked ones. Yeah. And the ending of the marked ones is your man going down into this basement to find his dog, but he ends up kind of traveling through time or space and time into mika and katie's kitchen at the end of paranormal activity one Mm. and when mika comes down the stairs katie comes down the stairs and then starts screaming for mika your man is standing there and she's screaming for mika mika runs down sees your man yeah he's like who the fuck are you and attacks him to try and stop him but then katie comes over starts stabbing mika to death and then stabs your man to death and that's the end of the fucking marked one yeah i completely forgotten about that and about that connection. And you can really remember it. And apparently Ali shows up in the marked ones as well. Oh. The daughter of uh, Daniel and Christy Ray. Yeah. The, yeah. The, she uh, shows up 
in the markdowns as well to tell him about the covenant. So like, obviously your man's looking for information about this symbol and he finds her online and starts talking to her about it. Okay. But I kind of, once I saw the still from it, I remember that as well. And I remember yeah. saying, she going, oh, that's your one from the last one. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they were pretty good. So like anyone who doesn't know the plots of these movies, they're pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, the first one, it, the first three is like a backwards story. Yeah. So you go like one panel one, two, and three, telling you the story, but the story is really three, two, one in in time or in, mm. if you're going by a real time. Yeah. So in the first one, we see Katie and Mika living together, mm. and they start to get some paranormal activity happening around their house. They do, and uh, that's when Katie tells Mika that. Uh, she has experienced this before. It's mm. come from her childhood, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And after that, chaos ensues, and there is stuff moving. There, Katie's walking around the house in the middle of the night, sleepwalking and staring at Mika all night. There is crashing. There's banging. The scene, I thought the scene with the Ouija board was pretty fucking cool. When it goes on fire, is it? Yeah, when yeah. they go out and in the planchette. Is that what we yeah, say? Starts moving around by itself. Yeah. And then and then they're trying to work it out afterwards what it might have been saying. That was pretty cool. That was And good. I can't remember what did it say. Can't remember. It was hardly mine as well, like it was in uh don't know. In the second one on the door. Could be. But um anyway, it goes on and it gets worse and worse and worse until eventually Katie is fully possessed by the demon Toby as as Modius. I've said it a million times in the other show, you think mm. I remember it. Asmodeus and she kills Mika and moves on to her sister's house. But then we find out when we watch the second one uh-huh. that that is based uh, before the first one. Yeah. yeah. And they actually get the haunting before Katie does. Yeah. And Christy is haunted, is uh, mainly being haunted and the house is same as the first one. Mm. Same kind of shit, just blown up a little more. There's Louder knocks, more people being dragged around the house. Poor yeah. doggy gets it at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the end, when they finally convince Daniel, the father, that this stuff is happening, because he was the guy the whole way, the whole way saying, no, this isn't mm. happening, mm. he finds a way to get rid of it. And that is to transfer the ghost over to a blood relative, which he does by sending it to Katie. Mm. And we find out there then that there's like a, he has a picture of Katie from his ch- her childhood. Yeah. That Katie believed to be burnt up in a fire from their childhood. And um, he kind of spurns the sides of it. Mm. And, and we see that there. But we had seen that before in the first one. And it was in the attic of Katie's house. So then we kind of figure out that Daniel had put it in her attic. And that's what transferred yeah. Katie from his house to her house. Exactly. And obviously he thinks everything is good. But after she after Katie's finished with Mika, she makes her way over and takes Daniel's head off before killing her sister and steals her nephew Hunter. Yeah. Who is the firstborn son in In three generations, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So he is Toby's property now. (laughs) Creepy. And then we get to the third one where we find out it is based before the first two again. And it is showing us Christy and Katie as kids mm-hmm. and their first encounters with Toby and what happened to their mother and father. But uh, we kind of pretend like that was all fake, that part. When we do it well, yeah. Story, but, well, it was a cool movie. It was. It was good. Yeah. And you know what? 
I think it's my favourite out of the first three. Mm, I, I think creepy yeah, wise, yeah, it, it is creepier. Be. I mean that that sheath scene. Oh all, yeah, well, that yeah, was, it was unsettling. And uh, then we saw we watched the fourth one as well in preparation, but we didn't use it. And I like the fourth one as well. I think the fourth one's a good one. Yeah, yeah. The addition of the creepy kid Robbie. And I wouldn't mind, right? I was an SNA for a little while in schools, and there are kids exactly like Robbie. I mean, exactly yeah. like him. the way he talks, the way he walks, the way he acts, the the, the sandals, the socks, yeah, everything. <laughs> it's like I have talked to a kid exactly like this before. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm even a little bit creepier, to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, I thought he was funny at the same time. Yeah, and I liked the kind of uh, even though I flag in our script that Microsoft. Uh, must have sponsored the shit out of it, but the connect. Oh, that's creepy. That was a good idea. Do you know, there's one or two times there where you see him walking up to the connect and there's something walking behind mm-hmm. him. I always said, you know, I don't know what your opinion is on it, but I always said, because when these movies were coming out in the cinema, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to see a paranormal activity movie in the cinema because I think that would take oh, no, the horror out of home. it. Sure, like, yeah. You're not going to be afraid of something like this in the cinema no. because you're in a safe cinema and you mm. know it's a movie but when you're at home in your own house oh, you don't know what's behind you or... that's it you don't know what's behind yeah. the couch you, you you know you've heard those creaks before but no mm. they could be something else yeah so, I mean, we <laughs> joked about it all this week that because we focus so much on ghosts all week that we are uh every creak we hear our house now it's like <laughs> that could be a ghost that could be a ghost now, I will say neither of us are freaked out. We seem nah. excited every time we see it. <laughs> as long as it's not like these movies, I am fucking happy. <laughs> Fine with it being a ghost. How much of the marked ones do you remember? Uh, the Connect and Her Falling Asleep. No, 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 no. That's the fourth one. The marked ones is the next one. With the, they were the Hispanic people. And they were... Um, oh, at the, at the very, very end, where they're all at the very, very end. That's it. I can kind of remember the start, where they kind of like urban kind of hunters. They were going into kind of abandoned, abandoned fucking um, apartments and stuff like that. Sounds and I could swear familiar. they did some sort of Ouija boardy kind of ritual thing to kick it all off. Could be. I know and at then, the end, there's a lot of them in a house. From what I can tell, the ending is Nikki being killed by uh, Katie. So that's not the end of that one. It seems to me like they, they start, they're doing their urban exploring and because they've done this ritual, they keep finding themselves kind of going through time. Time. Into different okay. time. So they'll go through a door and they're somewhere else mm. where they shouldn't be. Okay. And I think from what I can remember, I could be way off and way wrong, but it's kind of maybe showing them parts of the story of the Paranormal Activity franchise up until this point. Okay. So they need to find out then why this, uh, how they've become these marked souls by the the witches coven by the midwives okay and uh, eventually obviously it leads up to him being there and i, I suppose that the, the twist is that he was the bait for mika yeah you know yeah. maybe for for katie to use to meet for yeah. mika Makes distraction sense. yeah not that it would have been necessary i mean well, she screamed like, he came down he, he could have stopped he was coming down anyway yeah, yeah. You know, it was a momentary distraction that allowed him to kill so maybe that's what made him marked on. I can't remember. Could be. The ghost dimension. I didn't remember any of it until I looked again to see where Katie and Christy fit in. And I saw mm. that clip of the two brothers watching the TV. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Christy is describing them watching her. And it's supposed to be from the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. 
And I was like, that is fucking no. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. And I remember I kind of was looking up more about it to see what I can remember. And I remember, do you remember they had the priest over and they're uh, putting the salt circle down the middle oh, of the big yeah, sitting yeah. room. And, and, and the thing that reached out to me was the Christmas tree. And I remember them having a the big Christmas tree. I was like, we've seen this movie. Definitely. Oh, because you remember the Christmas tree. Remember they have like this big open plan kind of um, sitting room. Yeah. And above it's almost like a balcony hallway where like it's all real loft so you can see. The oh, I do know that. Yeah. Around. Mm. And the Christmas tree was huge and was literally going all the way up. Mm-mm. But that's what reminded me because we were all, I remember we watched it, you and me were slagging the whole time. It was like, pull the guys in that house, that tree is coming down. <laughs> We've had Christmas trees up with a cat in the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> the older guys ain't even that oh motherfucker fan. They're not that tall anyway. That's going down multiple times. Christmas <laughs> with a cat. I still haven't seen the new one next to Kin. I think what we should do is, for the fun of it, and from my complete, completionist side, mm-hmm. is watch watch, uh, watch those last three that I haven't watched yet. The, yeah. The, the marked ones, the ghost dimension, and the next to Kin. We can do a little follow-up on this at the start of our next episode or something like that. If you really want to complete it, we could find what we found from Michael Myers. Oh, (laughs) I guarantee you there is a paranormal activity porno. Hold on one second. I guarantee it. There is definitely a paranormal activity porno. While I'm looking for it up, I'll bring up the other one that I told you I found. The... um, Alternative Japanese Paranormal Activity 2. Oh, yeah. So, in that, a Japanese lady gets into a car crash. Yeah. And breaks her, a bad car crash, and breaks Mm -hmm. her two legs, and has to go and live with her father and brother, I think it is. Okay. And paranormal activity starts to happen around the house. And then it kind of leads, you know, builds and builds and builds and builds. But it turns out Mm -hmm. that she crashed into Katie. Ooh. In the other car, killing Katie and transferring the ghost from Katie to her. To her. Which is weird because the original ending to Paranormal Activity, one for the Japanese audience, which we saw the last yeah. day, was Katie walking up in front. You you don't see Mika's body. You, you see him go downstairs, you hear him scream. Then she walks upstairs, stands in front of the fucking camera right. and slices her throat mm-hmm. and drops dead and that's it. So I don't know how that led into a Paranormal Activity 2 where Katie? she's back up driving. Possessed, yeah maybe. yeah, maybe. I don't know. We haven't seen it, so we can't explain exactly. it. We, we might check that out. Because yeah. The Japanese stuff is usually more fucking frightening. Ooh, so creepy. you keep telling me it is, and I've actually never watched a Japanese creepy. horror movie. So uh, now I will say, I'm just gonna say, I don't know whether the ones that be watched are Japanese or Korean. But I mean, like they, they well, with the ring and stuff like that. The ring, they, 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 they and, uh, the, the ring. and I've never seen the, I've never seen the well, American grudge. Last so Miss Call, Woman's Call, they're all absolutely terrifying. In the, in the, the grudge, you could watch. I, I haven't seen the American grudge, so I don't Ooh, know the story. I thought we watched that with Sarah no. Michelle Gellar. I fell asleep. I think. Oh. I've seen the ring. I think I documented it in one of our episodes about my Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I'm pretty sure the mm. ring is what we went to see that day in the cinema. See, the grudge is, is, is good, but it's the, the, the creepiest part is a tiny bit ruined for me since we uh, starting to listen to the Wu-Tang. Because there's the Joe the, the Noise, the little dirty bastard makes at the back of his throat, and then, like every kid used to do it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but that, that's what the scary noise is. Uh, exactly, that's it. And now I'm like, it's not scary. And <laughs> if you listen to all dirty bastards, you're going to hear that for a good what, minute or two before he finally <laughs> starts singing. Uh, it's hard to find a straight up uh, paranormal parody, maybe. 
See, again, it's found footage, and all you really have to do is stick on night vision. So a lot of amateurs <laughs> have made their own paranormal activity pornos, oh. where it's basically seems to be just a naked woman gyrating in her bed. I what told you it's going to be that. I <laughs> knew that. Right? Color right? I knew. Well, what else has it going to be? <laughs> Floating dildos. Uh, official. Official paranormal. I don't think there's going to be an official one because Par- it's the official yo, paramount <laughs> have to be. <laughs> you the okay. Paranormal activity, a hardcore parody. That might be it. Paramount endorses this hardcore fact. <laughs> Paramount <laughs> Pictures presents. <laughs> yep. They do. Don't see it alone. Paranormal activity, a hardcore parody. <laughs> oh my God. I am telling you, this is something we should do for Patreon. We should be doing a, a, a comparison piece. Who did it better? The original versus the porn parody. Yeah, we'll watch them and compare them. And, and, and I know who's winning that one. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I've seen any other porn footage outside of that. No. On, what was it? No, no. Paranormal Entity I've seen. That was all right. Is the end Gothic account is found footage. I suppose... So, but it's not a found footage movie, but they find the recording. Yeah. We watched those funny haunted house ones with uh, Marlon Wayans, alright. Would they count <laughs> as found footage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paranormal activity. Area 51, I want to watch that one. That's uh, And that's Paramount. Oh, yeah, no, I'd watch that. Uh, I've said that to you a few times about watching that one. It seems mm-hmm. really decent. Uh, and VHS is supposed to be really good. I've never seen that one either. But that's. Uh, I heard. Um, person from last podcast who can't be named anymore oh mention how good they were bullshit he didn't do anything that bad it sounds like it was just a, oh, okay i'll edit it out whatever shut up <laughs> <laughs> you knew it as well i'm not saying it wasn't bad i'm just saying it, it, it could have been fixed by grown-ups sitting down and being grown-ups and having a conversation and being genuinely apologetic and decent human beings and just dealing with their problems properly instead of going on to Instagram. Yeah, po- by popular opinion. That's what I'm saying. So, do you know what? After that, I'm keeping it in because I just explained it in a nice, calm and adult fucking manner. I don't Very think Very bad it... choice of words. Yeah, well. Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. What else do we got here? Oh shit, but anyway, I just locked them. So, reviews and receipts. I did just fucking lock something. Did I manage to lock something? Oh, I didn't. That's cool. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that outside of um of 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 Thanksgiving movies, there is a cool ass Christmas movie coming. Santa Slate, the one that I was telling you about that came out years ago. It's a wonderful knife. It's so, it sounds decent. <gasps> Do you know why that it's is? Do you know why that is? Because what? it's a wonderful life is being remade. It's coming out like next year. This, yeah. this is this song's re- when I when I saw the name I laughed too, and then I read the synopsis, and this actually sounds like a really good I'd take on it. It's a wonderful life. Okay. After saving her town from a psychotic killer, uh-huh. Winnie Carter, uh, fuck Winnie. Winnie. Winnie's life is less than wonderful. 
When she wishes she was never born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe where without her, things could be much, much worse. So she wishes she wasn't born, which means she wasn't born, which means she couldn't stop the psychotic killer who goes on his slasher spree without her being there to stop him. So it's a, it's a fucking reading okay. who came on It's a Wonderful Life yeah. for her. So that's uh, one to fucking check out this cool. Christmas. Yeah. I can't wait for that one. What were you talking about? What was the one? Santa's sleigh. Well, what was that about again? Wesley is obviously S L A Y. But uh, uh, I'm not too sure. But Goldberg is Santa. Uh, Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> There's a few other names that I can't remember. You. Yeah. Oh, is he Santa? In it? I totally just and did is that. He, like killing people in it. Looks like it. Goldberg's gone. It's got like five point something out of ten on IMDb, but I would like to watch it. I don't like. I'm a professional wrestling fan, and I don't like Goldberg as a wrestler. But I, I like him as an actor. Love him as an actor. Him mm-hmm. in the Goldbergs made mm-hmm. the Goldbergs. What else have we seen him? We saw him in something else, and we were like, this guy's fucking brilliant. Gears of War. You were great in Gears of War. <laughs> yeah. Batista wants that part, though. But, but, but Goldberg looks more like him. Batista played a good Dom. Yeah. And then you could be all sad when he dies, isn't it? Because that apparently is seen as one of the saddest moments in video game history is Dom dying. And I remember, oh, when, I remember it happened, when it happened, I, I even kind of half warned you because I knew yeah. it was coming because I had finished them all oh, already. Now that you see and it, then I you were like, oh, no. Well, that was sad. <laughs> really didn't leave a long lasting impression. I <laughs> <laughs> just remembered. So, uh, yeah, that's movie news and stuff like that. Do you know, I just want to have a quick look and see because I can't remember. Like I said, I didn't see these movies in the cinema. What kind of reception have they been getting since they went along so I, I, i'm guessing the first one got a really good reception i'm guessing they Critical went downhill response, oh yeah, it was like 83 percent based on two and five reviews seven out of ten uh using its low budget effects and mockumentary method is to a great result so yeah it seems to it. roger ebert reported a 3.5 stars out of a maximum four but he's a uh, he's he's a big movie critic, isn't he? Oh, the biggest. Yeah. So I mean, he gave a three point five out of four. That's yeah, pretty that's fucking cool. high. Um, got an A rating from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, yeah, it did pretty fucking well, and it got uh, nominated for best feature in an Independent Spirit Award in two thousand and nine. There's a video game, a video game called Paranormal Activity: The Lost Souls for VR. Oh, oh. That would be fucking fun. Huh? Yeah, I'd probably play it. I would play it when you weren't in the house. And the boys. Yeah. Can you imagine putting it on the boys? <laughs> uh, the second one only got 58% from 137 critics. 53 out of 100. Entertainment Weekly blends shock and suspense into what might be called shock spence. Very nice for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Artist direct called it one of the scariest films of all times. I didn't find the second one all that creepy, to be honest. With you. I don't find them very scary. Uh, I had the third one; I found a bit creepier. Creepy, but I wouldn't say scary. Uh, yeah, but the third one is way more kind of hardcore. I mean, even in our own script, I kind of play up that you know it is hardcore, and we kind of made play it off as if people didn't believe it because of Paramount having a bit of creative license, license yeah. over the ending. I would admit there's a few more jumps than I found myself jumping a good bit more at that one. In the third one, yeah, 
Yeah, the, the the Bloody Mary scene in particular was a was a big one. I, I felt bad from being in that bathroom and thinking, John, you you look when he looks on, he's looking at the stairs and he sees the mess and everything, and he, yeah. it's like you're trying to make up your mind. Can I make it that far? Once I can get downstairs, I might be able to get away from him. Do you can't, know? Can't, can't, hey, oh can't. God. Yeah, but I didn't notice it at the time. But apparently, like if you're looking in the mirror, Bloody Mary does turn up. It's supposed to be Toby. Is Bloody Projecting Mary sta- uh, standard that you do see her for a second or over his shoulder for a second or like something? Second kind of thing. Yeah, I'd have to check that yeah. all again. But um, actually, what did this do? This should have gotten way better. It's got sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. While the jolts and thrills are undeniably subject to the diminishing to the diminishing return to plague most horror sequels, uh, Paranormal Activity Three is surprisingly spine tingling treat. Yeah, it's, I think it's fucking awesome. I would say three is my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. And I assume four did absolutely shock into it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. No, I like that one too. Um, twenty three percent. But I mean, it's just for diehard fans more than anything. Mm. Which I said, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's to say that the thing that's the thing about stuff like Paranormal Activity. It's similar to the way like Borat when Borat came out. I was like, it's one of these movies you can watch once in a blue moon before it becomes like a like Borat's hilarious. But if you, but if you watch Borat once, yeah, yeah it, that's it. It's the shock value of mm. the first time you see it. Mm. The first time you see these movies are the best time yeah. to see these movies because you're not expecting it. I think after that, when you watch them, you're paying off other people's reaction. That's where you well, that's that. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, like when we watched Scream with Riley, how much fun it was to watch Scream with Riley oh, considering yeah, yeah. He, you know, it was his first time seeing it. Yeah. And yeah. it was fun watching somebody try to watch it out for the first time. Yeah. But it was the same when we were watching um, the third one the last day. And I said, like, the ghost, the, the, the sheet scene, mm. one of the creepiest ones for me, where the babysitter's sitting there and the, the, the sheets, you can see it down the hallway, and the next thing is right behind her, yeah. and when she turns around, it drops. Creepy as fuck. That was terrifying the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. because I didn't know what was going to happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Watching it the last day was, on, it was, you know, you get a little chill, but it was still, I knew it was coming, so I was prepared. When you're not prepared for something, and that's mm-hmm. the thing about these movies, the further you go along with them, the more you know what to expect from yeah. them, which makes it harder for them to have the effect they exactly. need. But, uh, so I suppose that's why they probably try to change it up in the marked ones, you know, and start yeah. adding all this yeah. kind of time travel kind of weird shit. And uh, same with, and the ghost dimension, again, they moved on to a different family with that one. And I don't know how that connects in. We'll have to watch that again. Like I said, what we'll do is watch them this week and we can follow up at the start of next week. Yeah. episode with what we thought of those Sounds last good. three movies because we still haven't even seen next to kin that's all based in an amish community as well Ooh, apparently no. it's the return of toby Creepy. because i don't think to- toby is missing from one of them i know that it's rather the ghost dimension or the um the the the, the, the marked ones but we will check it out and find uh. those so is there any trivia on these shit Steven Spielberg convinced filmmakers to change the original ending. Which one was the original ending, I wonder? Her cutting her throat? Or her... Probably her cutting her throat. Yeah. The actors weren't given... Oh, yeah, I read this day. The actors weren't given scripts. They were given guidelines mm-hmm. on how to behave and just I told saw that. to discuss. Yeah. Which I think is obviously a smarter idea for uh, oh, yeah. a home footage kind of yeah. thing. You want it to sound thing. And it was all completed in 10 days in the director's own home. 
Oh, he's a nice uh, house. And Spielberg had to stop watching halfway through because he got genuinely spooked by the experience. He completed it in the daylight hours the next day and loved it. That would be cool. The freak out Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Uh, It broke. uh, Paranormal Activity 2 broke the biggest midnight gross rate uh, record for an R-rated movie. 6.3 million and the biggest opening for a horror movie of all time. Earning a total of 41,500,000 in its opening weekend. Ooh, cool. Previews for this film was banned in some theaters for scaring teenagers and small children viewing PG-13 films. (laughs) (laughs) Common sense. Why would you throw it on? Not throw it on. Oh, God. And apparently the trailer showed a lot of footage that didn't appear in the movie. That angered many fans. Fans fucking get angry too easily. Oh, God. At least you got the footage in some shape. And again, the same. They, 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 they. Not just that they didn't fucking give him a script. Mm-hmm. In this case, the uh, scare scenes, they wanted them to be spontaneous reactions. So when cabinets and shit started opening or bangs happening and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they, they didn't know they were coming. So yeah. that scene where Christy is in the kitchen reading the magazine, she didn't know that all the fucking cabinet doors were going to fucking just burst open and a little bang. Jesus, so I when she ran out, that was probably genuine. That's pretty fucking cool. It's a good idea. I like it. But I suppose, yeah, yeah. That you must be, and I would mind that it. It would keep the actors on edge as well, wouldn't it? It would be. See, I'd be afraid that my first reaction wouldn't be turn off screaming that because I know that, that somebody was setting this up for me. I'd be fucking thick. Once but if I you're in character, part. like I are, suppose, yeah. You know, you're doing your job. You're yeah. in character. You know. So yeah, it's crazy. The third one was the highest grossing film in the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Um, what else did I say? The camera seen on screen during most of the film is actually a tiny high-def camera hidden inside the body of a VHS camcorder. So they put the high-def camera. Yeah, that's some cool fucking trivia facts. What's it say about the fourth one? Any trivia from that? No. Oh! The character Robbie, the creepy kid in the fourth one. Yeah. Was named after Robbie Mannheim, a child that in 1959 was an alleged victim of an evil possession and had to have an exorcism to save his life. I'm saving that name and we might be doing a little mini soul on that guy. Oh, cool. Let's see if we can get that. Robbie Mannheim. Copy. I know you can all hear my fucking mouse clicking now, but I don't care. Exorcism of Ronald Doe or Ronald Mannheim. Oh, I could fit that. Yeah, I could fit that into a mini monster. We could fit it into a creepypasta crypt. Yep. Save that shit next week. Future episodes. Cool. See, we're finding cooler stuff. So, okay, right. If you were to say paranormal activity. What would be your scariest moment in this franchise that you can remember? The one that creeped you out the most? The scariest moment? Mm-hmm. Probably everything falling down from the ceiling. Because you're not expecting that. The kitchen when you mm. go to the kitchen. Is it me or the... When she first walks in, you don't even realise the stuff is missing for a second. I did put in a roundabout way. I knew something was off. But you I know something's wrong. Yeah, but it's like you don't click that everything is missing until yeah, it starts yeah. crashing down around her. Hmm. I'm yeah. going to stick with the, the, the babysitter and the, 
the oh the sheets. Yeah, that is. And especially you see it standing by the front door, and the next thing the camera moves again, and it's standing right behind her. And, mm. and it's like I'm thinking in her position, you turn around, you see the sheet in the floor. You can you can obviously see it's still not flowing to the floor. Yeah, the turn. Yeah. yeah. What are you thinking? Like, you know, you go upstairs, the kids are asleep, and then she has that blow in the face from fucking Toby. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Thinking in real creepy. life, that would creep me out. Uh. Ranking the movies. What would be your ranking? Oh, I know. We, we're going to just stick with the first four because we have to watch the other Oh, three. yeah. No, the three would so be So, all favorite. of the four, what way would you rank them? Top four. One being your favorite. Four. Sorry? Three, two, one, four. Is that what you're saying? As in yeah. the movies? Yeah, three, two, one, four. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, I found one a small bit boring this time around. That's why one is I there. Enjoyed like number four. three. Yeah, no, still three, two, one, four for me. Yeah. Three, two, one, four, but one and four could switch sides. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fairly level in my eyes. Even uh-huh. I know a lot of people will say that's crazy because. You know, yeah. one that sets it all in motion. But maybe it's just because I've seen one too many times at this stage. It's like when I watch uh, the new Star Wars trilogy. It's a struggle for me to watch The Force Awakens now because I've watched it so many so times. Many because times. I watched yeah. Force Awakens, then it came out the next then when The Last Jedi came out, I watched Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Mm. And then when The Rise of Skywalker came out, I watched The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Force uh, ah. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker all one after the other in the cinema. Yeah. So and every year in between, while waiting for those movies to come out, I'd watch them again. So I, I just sick the fuck uh, that movie, you know, even though I love it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Paranormal Activity. And we'll get back to you with the other three next week when we are covering also... Oh, we be, is there a Doctor... What, what Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie are we going to watch? A few of them. Is there a few there? Mm-hmm. Cool, we'll see what we can do with that. Okay, that's it. Until next week, I'm Dr. Smokenstein. She's Amy Rose. See you later. Bye-bye. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials. No good at Insta. Can't send a tweet or an X or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now. Stick to your space cars, Elon. But we know you want to chat. You want to be kept updated. You want to be alive, alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the antisocial soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at Alive Alive Pod or hit us up by email at itsalivealivepod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. This is a project. It's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more what you like and less of what you can't stand. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'll always hit you back and we'll always try to reply to everyone. So come say hi. We don't bite. Well, at least Amy doesn't. And she keeps me well fed so you got nothing to worry about. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome to It's Alive Alive Presents Real Monsters, a Patreon-exclusive true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Smokenstein, and my gorgeous co-host, Amy Rose. Each week, we bring you the real stories that inspired our favorite horror killers. And this week, we're taking a break from serial killers to look at some paranormal ghost shit. 
So we're doing that across the board this week with paranormal activity as the main subject. Yeah, we're looking at paranormal activities series as well on Behind the Mask, along with covering Poltergeist and Amityville on Creepypasta Crypt and Ronnie DeFeo and the Hammersmith Ghost Murder Case on Mini Monsters. So definitely a shift away from the bloody murder we've been covering since day one. I absolutely love this story. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, this to me is like the Roswell of ghost stories. I think Amityville was a bit of a cash grab and a good story concocted by the Lutzes. But this story for me has to be the most well-documented, heavily witnessed disturbance. And it's loaded with evidence, pictures, recordings, some that we'll be playing throughout the show today. Yeah, but <laughs> be warned though, they're fucking creepy recordings. <laughs> and the voice is fucked up. Alright, we get into all that, so we'll crack on with it, will we? Because there's a fair bit of story here. Yes. And I reckon this is a story that I will be stopping from time to time to say. See, that's the problem. We script these things. And then I get an ocean and go off on a tangent and then realize that the next paragraph I'm supposed to read is exactly what I just said in my own So now words, the beginning, so. at the end of yours, is now the beginning. But <laughs> 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 we'll get into it. So on the evening of Tuesday, 30th of August, 1977, Peggy Hodgson, a 47-year-old divorced mother of four, went into her children's bedroom to tell them to stop fighting and go to sleep. They were complaining that the bed was shaking, but thinking no more of it, she went to bed. The next night, she heard a shuffling noise like someone walking about in the linoleum in slippers and then four loud knocks. (laughs) (laughs) A chest of drawers slid across the floor. Peggy pushed it back and it slid forward again. She tried to push it back again but couldn't. It was then that the family fled to the Nottinghams at 282 Green Street and asked for help. Vic Nottingham, a roofer, and his son, Gary, went over to the Hodgson's house to investigate and heard knocks coming from all over the house. So thinking that someone was playing a prank, they called the police who came out of the house at 1am. The police checked the walls, the attic, and the pipes, but they could find nothing to explain it happening. One of the police officers said, It um, came off the floor, or maybe a half inch, I should say, and I saw it slide off to the right, about three and a half to four feet before it came to rest. Um, I checked to see whether or not it could possibly have slid along the floor. I placed a marble on the floor to see whether or not the marble would um, go in the same direction as the chair did, and it didn't. It didn't roll at all. Um, I checked for wires under the cushion of the chair, and I could find no explanation at all. So this is a police officer. A genuine, full-on <laughs> cop uh-huh. saying, I witnessed this this happened so that's again why i say this is such a big fucking case for me is it's not just a little bubble of people who are claiming Mm. to see what they have seen there is fucking like 15 to 20 people yeah who have no kind of read they have links is in there in a community and they all are they're all from the same area or they're all from the same city but outside that they have no fucking links They've yeah. been drawn in by this entity and they've all witnessed stuff independently of each other, do you know? And yeah. we'll get into that as we go through this. Yeah. So the next night, Vic went back to the house and was attacked by flying Lego. Marbles and Lego flew around the house for the next three days and various people visited in an effort to help, including members of the council and clergy. And again, like they say these things were thrown at force. Like I was watching yeah. the latest documentary series on um from apple and the photographer for the mirror 
was it the mirror or the, yeah the daily mirror yeah it was trying to show give an example of it of the force and he was like i'm watching the whole room with the camera i'm in the corner mm. wide angle looking at everything so i have everyone in my view i would see someone move their hand arm because they'd have to move it with so they'd have to move it so quickly with so much force you know they'd have to swing the arm yeah, to get the force they were looking for yeah. it couldn't just be a flick of a wrist to mm. get that kind of force to have a bounce as hard as it did off the wall and back again, it had to be a full-on swing, and it would have been noticed by him. Okay. At a loss as to what to do, on September 4th, Mrs. Nottingham called the Daily Mirror, hoping that they could do something to help. The Mirror sent reporter Douglas Bench and the photographer Graham Morris. This is the guy I was talking about. Yeah. Graham Morris later said, I thought it was an ordinary job until I walked into the house. I stood in the gloom in the kitchen and one by one they brought the children into the adults' arms and the last one to come in was Janet. Suddenly, things just took off and started flying around the room. I got hit by a Lego brick right over my right eye. It gave me a lump for a few days. There was a fair bit of force. There were marbles and things left in the kitchen that were just flying around the room. I was watching all of the family and none of them was doing anything. I love their fucking grandma. Was doing anything. None of them was doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, George Fellows, a senior reporter at the Mirror, and the photographer David Thorpe visited the house. Fellows believed at first that Peggy was playing tricks in order to get a new council house, but he soon realised that something serious was going on. Because of the emotional atmosphere at the house and in the neighbourhood, ranging from hysteria through terror to excitement and tension, it was it has been difficult to record satisfactory data. Nevertheless, I am satisfied the overall impression of our investigation is reasonably accurate. To the best of our ability, we have eliminated the possibility of total trickery. Although we have been able to simulate most of the phenomenon, in my opinion, this faking could only be done by an expert. Fallows suggested contacting the Society for Psychological or Physical. Is that physical research? Cyclic. Psychical. I remember from the TV show, it's psychical research. It's psychical. Psychical research. The, the Society for, Did for Psychical. I have no work. idea. SPR, I'll just call them the SPR. It's easier. <laughs> I can do it. Fallows suggested contacting the Society <laughs> for Psychical Research. Very oh. good. <laughs> uh, so he was put in contact with Morris Gross, a relatively new member of the Society who had joined after the death of his daughter the year before. Gross uh, visited the house on 5th of September and Gross said of that first visit. I found chaos. The whole family was congregated in the house together with the neighbours next door and there were a lot of very, very frightened people there. Gross and the members of the press waited to witness any incidents and on Wednesday the 8th of September at 1.15am they rushed into the children's bedroom after hearing a loud crash. The two sisters, Janet, who was 11, and Margaret, who was 13, were still asleep, but a chair had flipped over and moved a metre across the room. This was enough to convince Morris to stay the night and investigate further. I have a picture of that. I might put that up on Instagram this week. There's a picture of the knocked over chair. How did the girls and stay asleep if everybody else comes rushed up the stairs? Like? Well, they were fucking sitting there listening, waiting for something to happen. I suppose, okay. I, I don't know if this is how... I, no, it was yeah, yeah, in the documentary. There was a lady from the BBC who was sent there, and she was like, she said she was dreading going there. That um, it was a case of, um, it wasn't dreading it to go there because she was afraid of the ghost. She was dreading going there because she was like, ugh, 
fucking ghost story. Yeah, yeah. But she was like, had been told earlier in the day, was like, some news better break or you're going to Enfield to cover yeah, this story. Yeah. And you know what she thought was all bullshit. And she was there and you know, she talked to all the kids and she talked to Morris Gross. And yeah. then she, they hung out that night and it was a case of they heard a, a, a little crash. Mm. And they looked in. And they, they went up and they checked on her. Then they looked in again and they saw that the chair had been tipped over. Okay. And then they looked away and they heard more noise and they went over and the, the chair was now across the room. Creepy. And the girls were still in the same position in bed. In bed. And they were very close so they would have seen them like you know yeah because again we'll get into it during the story but there are incidences of janet faking certain parts of this but what they believe was you know that she kind of because their father was absent and mars gross was so um fatherly towards them yeah you know he was a nice man he stayed in contact with them for the rest of their lives for the rest of his life yeah and um that he kind of took care of him was a father figure and she was afraid that if the poltergeist activity started to ease, he'd have to leave and she'd okay. be left alone. So there was times where she did stuff near the end to mm. try and keep him there. But okay. again, we'll get into it. On the 10th of September, the Daily Mirror broke the story, describing it as the house of strange happenings. Later that evening, Peggy appeared on a radio program called Nightline on LBC, the London radio station. When Peggy arrived home after the show she was greeted by the bbc's Roz mars from radio 4 show the world this weekend Roz joined gross on an all-night vigil and also witnessed some paranormal activity this is just again see i said this already i talk about something that comes right up <laughs> after the girls went to bed there was a very loud crash upstairs in their bedroom something chucked the chair across the room i'm convinced of that now she was a skeptic going in full-on okay. skeptic so yeah. she was completely turned this case has turned this woman from a uh, Absolute skeptic to a complete believer. Okay. Yeah. So Gross also uh, saw flying marbles, jumping teaspoons and boxes and a sofa that rose into the air and crashed down on the floor upside down. I have a really good audio clip. I'm going to play it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hello. Yeah, hello. Goodbye. How he did that. Now, are you going to tell me how you how you knocked that settee over? Come on. Tell me how you knocked it over. You what? You what? by the bottom. Yes. Underneath. Underneath it, yes. yes. And then what did you do? Then what did you do? Make Janet come in the room first. Why did you make why did you have to make Janet come in the room first? So she gets the blame. So she gets the blame? Yes. Could you do it if, if Margaret came in the room first? Margaret. Or, or or if Mrs. Hodgson came in the room first, could you do it then? No, she's too old. She's too old. <laughs> Could you do it if I came in the room first? No. Well, what's age got to do with it? What, what difference does it make? How I take energy from young people, not old ones. Oh, you only take energy? Yes. Why can't you take energy from old people? I use it all in the day. Pardon? I use it all. Oh, old people use more energy during the day. And, and do young people store it up then? Yes. How do you take their energy? Electric shocks. You take it by electric shocks. <laughs> Do you take electrical energy then? Yes, I can. If you can? I can take electrical You can take electrical yes. energy. If you don't take that energy, could you tip the setty up if you didn't take that energy? No, no, I couldn't. You couldn't Impossible. Do it. Impossible. Yes. You always have to use energy from people? Yes. Can't you take energy from anything else? No. 
You can't. No. What else can you do with energy? Tip your chairs over, pull plugs out. Yeah, but you can do other things, can't you? Put books through the window. No, put books through the window. Who put the books through the window? I did. You did? I took a shortcut and put it through it. Ah, I see. How would you have done... If I'd have said to you, put that book through the window, without breaking the window, how would you have done it? Open the window and find Sorry? Open the window and thrown it out. You would have opened the window and thrown it out? It's a package window, front room. Yeah, but could you have thrown it through the glass itself without breaking the glass? Yes. How would you do that then? Dematerialise it one night in there. Dematerialise it? Yes. How do you do that then? I don't know, but I don't stomach it, don't I? You don't know how you do it? No. A gift. It's a gift, is it? <laughs> well, surely you should know how to do it. Gross was among several people to witness these events. Other witnesses included the reporters and next-door neighbours. Gross and the photographer rigged up a camera and took photos when triggered and managed to capture Janet being thrown from her bed. Have you seen that picture? Yes, I That's have the one. They kind of one. accuse her of jumping, jumping as well in that case. Because it does look like someone jumping up. In the oh, air. yeah. But there's terror on her face. Oh. And number two, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I was this is just my kind of theory on the thing is when you're looking at the picture, maybe the camera wouldn't be quick enough to pick up on it, but there doesn't seem to be a dent from where she launched. Would that be gone as soon as she's gone? I suppose once oh, the weight lifted, the bed would go straight up, wouldn't it? Or would you still see an, an indentation kind of from where she had left the bed? I, you'd want to sew it down frame by frame. And on top of that, wouldn't the sheets and the stuff be kind of more They're mashed up where she had jumped from? Like, yeah, imagine trying true. to jump from the bed now with the sheets there. Yeah, yeah. They'd bunch up behind you. They'd yeah. almost nearly make you slip as you oh, were born. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Uh, Realising that he was out of his depth, Gross asked the SPR for help in investigating the poltergeist. Guy Playfair accepted the request and arrived at the house on the 12th of September. He later wrote a book, uh, This House Has Haunted the True Story of the Enfield Poltergeist. Before you get into any more... Again, this is shown two very different ways, right? Mm. So in the drama series, he turns up at the door of yeah. um, the, 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 Jesus, why can't I think of their names? The family. What's the family's name again? Oh, shit. What's the family's name? Why can't well, I think of it? Well, what's coming to my head is DeFeo, and I know that's about. I can't even see here in the script that it Hodgson, 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 motherfucker, Hodgson. <laughs> anyway, he turned up in the drama series. He turns up at the Hodgson's door, and he um has basically been sent there by the SPR because they feel Lacrosse is embarrassing them by okay. by um believing these two little girls and that he's been played by these two girls. Mm. And Playfair is there to prove him wrong to, okay. to basically debunk everything and get him out of there. So that he can stop making a mockery. Because the SPR, and I think a lot of ghost hunters, mm. when they go out on a case, they're not necessarily going out there thinking we're going to catch a ghost. They t- they're going out there to debunk as much as humanly possible. And it's, you know, when they get to the end of it, and it's like, well, we can't debunk this anymore. There, there's no explanation. So they're, 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 they wouldn't be going out there going, oh, let's look for ghost activity. Yeah. It's like, 
shows what you think the activity is and we'll tell you why it's not it. Yeah. You know, is the most yeah, thing. Yeah. So that's what they was in the dramatized version, that's what Playfair was sent there okay. for. In the documentary, it was said that they had um there was a like a keynote speaker thing kind of on poltergeist for the SPR. Like some guy had come in from yeah. a, outside to, to do a talk. And afterwards he opened up the floor to questions and Morris Gross got up and explained the situation to everybody that was there. Mm-hmm. And kind of, I don't know if he played a clip from or whatever, but he was explaining the whole situation to him. And he basically said, "Look, I need help with this. If there's anybody who's interested, and your man, the speaker said, look, if anybody is interested in helping Mr. Gross, talk to him after at the end of the, yeah. the show, like you know, at the end yeah. of the talk." And in the documentary, Playfair went up and said, "Yeah, I'd like to help you out." You okay. know. So the family were chased out of the house on Sunday, the twenty fifth of September, and sought refuge with Peggy's brother, who lived up the road. While his wife, Sylvia, made some tea, a Lego brick appeared in front of her and dropped onto the table. It was then that the family realized that the entity could follow them outside of the house. So, again, very much like uh, paranormal activity, yeah, which we yeah. will cover this week. Exactly. Where, you know, um, Katie and... Mika? No, Mika was her husband. Christy, Christy. 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 Where they, they could move house as many times as they wanted. And Toby they was going to be there every time. Yeah. So especially in Christie's case until they have the ghost yeah. until her husband transfers the ghost over to Kate. Yeah. Katie, yeah. Which does not work out nope. in his favour. Wanna know more? Listen to Behind the Mask or the main show where we cover the first three, possibly four movies. I don't know who's haven't written the script yet and I am on movie three and I don't know if four is going to hold enough relevance for my story, but we'll see. Um, Gross and Playfair saw indentations in the pillows and on the bed as though someone was lying there. Oh, so this is no one, when no one's on it. So whatever about my question of when she was thrown in the air, when there isn't the anyone on it at all, there's indents there anyway. <laughs> there was a suspicion that the spirit was a four-year-old child who had been smothered with a pillow by her father. May This may be responsible for instance. So that's what you were asking me beforehand. Mm. Uh, you were asking me because to the most part, the talking is done by a spirit called Bill. Okay. Uh, but there is, and you said, is it just the one? And it, does that count as a poltergeist? And yeah. I said, no, it's not that uh, there was a guy named Joe involved, a, a spirit named Joe involved. There was belief that, it, again, like you said, that Bill died there. there yeah. There was this fucking child murdered there by, it, by her, <laughs> her father. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So there was the child, there was Bill, there was Joe. There was definitely one or two. Oh, there was Janet. Janet mm. Senior. Well, we'll call him Junior and Senior. So Janet was the child. Janet had Hodgson. That was that the ghost was projecting through. Yeah. But Mars Gross's daughter. We mentioned he's got a daughter dying. Guaranteed, the next thing that's going to come to the script is going to be his dead daughter. Mm. But we mentioned his daughter dying, and um, that they that uh, he her name was Janet, and you know. Janet didn't know that at the time. He yeah. didn't know that Janet was Janet when he meant to go see her. It was, you know, this thing that had, they realized when the ghost around goes, all right, old man. And he was like, what do you say? And yeah. it's like, it's Janet. And it's like, holy shit. Okay. Mm. But um, so as I was saying, Peggy had been given furniture from the house. Oh, no, I'm wrong. The little girl wasn't killed in the house. But Peggy had been given furniture from the house. The little girl had when she, uh, she had died in when they moved to the property in Enfield. And Peggy made sure to throw out any furniture belonging to the little girl's former house, but the activity continued. Mm. So maybe it wasn't nothing to do with the little girl, bar the fact that this was the first theory because yeah. of housing. And I will remind you, we have the 
for stuff of a dead man, a random dead man in our house at the moment, right now. Oh, yeah. So at one stage a couple of years ago when I was out of work, I would like every now and again get uh, called to do these jobs for this guy. This guy, he does a clearance company. So he'd go and clear out houses for people. Sometimes mm. it was overgrown gardens. Sometimes it was shades. Sometimes it was storage lockers. Sometimes, more than once, it was the house of a dead person. Do you know, the yeah. family didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want any. They'd been through the house. They'd taken everything they wanted from the house and everything else was to be dumped or taken. And part of the payment, I think, for this guy was he'd get paid, but anything decent that was left in the house that was resellable, he would keep. And uh, it was usually as if the family didn't want that. So we were in one house in particular that was really fucking cool. And, like, obviously, you're going through all this guy's stuff. You're seeing all this guy's stuff. So you can't help but kind of, you know, when you pick up pieces of paper you kind of really you, you can't help yourself you know it, it was very interesting especially this guy's house because we found army helmets yeah we found knives we found all these documents so apparently this guy i remember his second name was grimes i can't remember his first name okay but he had he wanted to serve in the army here yeah but he was partially deaf or something he had some sort of deafness and full not full hearing so they wouldn't take him so he went abroad and joined like some fucking can't remember it was from foreign army yeah one of the hardcore foreign army okay. armies and i had spent time there mm. and then he came home he was a tattoo artist and all this shit but the coolest thing about it was so i have a little statue actually from his house inside oh, yeah. sitting room. yeah so that's sitting inside there so if he's around here <laughs> he might be here we might have bought this grimy guy back to, to our house but i think i did the right thing and honored him and Oh, because I felt like I needed to. You know, we were after bringing some of his stuff back to our house. And there was some substantial stuff. I think we got a fucking washing machine or something yeah. out of it. A really good washing machine out of it or something yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Or a dry- we got TV. something. And we got a TV and stuff like that all of it. And I got paid. and got. A- but I also found the man's stash. Oh. And I found the last joint he ever rode. Uh-huh. So myself and Roach one day got a bottle of beer each. And we took that one last lift that he had rolled and we walked all the way down to the bridge, down where I walk, and we sat there and we toasted Grimes and smoked his last joint. Ah. So we tried to remember the guy and, you know. Yeah. Do it that way. So maybe that's why he's not haunting us or throwing stuff around our house. Maybe. Maybe he's happy here. (laughs) Thank you. So, uh, Janet was the center of the activity, which is common in poltergeist cases, which predominantly affect girls and young women. What is it with poltergeists and serial killers? <laughs> Two physicists, Piero Porvetto and Vera Maxia, oh yeah, getting good at these mm-hmm. names, who wrote a paper called Some Conjectures About the Mechanism of Poltergeist Phenomenon, Neuroquantology, Volume 6, Number 2, 2008. Big words in there. Argued that ch- p- uh, children generate poltergeist activity by challenging energy into the quantum mechanical vacuum. Their paper postulates that although poltergeist activity has been reported around the world and in different cultures, the one thing they all have in common is, pre- is pubescent children or young women. The two physicists believe that during puberty, a modification of the body happens which involves various organs and these changes create fluctuations in electron activity and that can uh, cause disturbances up to a few meters around the outside of the brain. That's crazy. Mm. 
They believe that extra fluctuations triggered by the pubescent brain can enhance visual par- particles around the person, which increases the air pressure surrounding them, which could be responsible for moving objects. So are these two physicists saying that pubescent children could possibly tap into a mind control power? I technically. The force in the fucking force. <laughs> if we get them when they're younglings, we can turn them now. <laughs> you want to have another kid? This is what's going to happen, right? You can have the we can have the other kid, no problem. But I am taking him on from day one and training him in the ways of the force and seeing if we can tap that. If after five years old they haven't moved one thing, you can take them off and do whatever you want with them. But for the first five years, the ways of the force. I think I'm just gonna go find a sperm donor. Amy. This is the <laughs> I have spoken. Any more? I got more references. I'm afraid to open my fucking mouth. <laughs> the word poltergeist is derived from German words meaning poltern, which means to crash or bang about, and geist, which means mind, uh, ghost or spirit. Means mm-hmm. mind? That's what it says on Wikipedia. Oh. <laughs> and the earliest report of poltergeist activity dates back to about AD 530. So a study of 500 cases carried out by parapsychologists Alan Galt and Tony Cornell found that poltergeist activity involved the movement of small objects um, about 64% of times, followed by rapping sounds in 48% of cases, and the movement of large objects such as tables and chairs in 36% of cases. Many of the witnesses to the haunting described hearing hollow knocks that were coming from parts of the house. What differentiates a poltergeist knock from a human one is the difference in acoustic sound waves. So when a human knocks on a surface, there is a full amplitude of sound which tapers off. And a poltergeist rap starts quietly before becoming louder and then fading away in a similar waveform to an earthquake. According to Dr. Barry Colvin, a polyutherine technologist, who carries out experimental psychical research, poltergeist sound signatures cannot be reproduced. It would have sucked for you to slip up on the psychical after you got through the polyurethane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, though. I, I, saved it. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Do you not think, looking at this information and looking at this research we've done, how fucking mental it is? again this really brings me back like this case again has brought me back to like my belief in aliens this looking at this reading this seeing how much effort they put into it yeah there could be something too like i mean the the, the thought of like it's not ghost it's nothing it's just this fucking energy that's coming from your brain so this extra electronic fucking thing that is coming out of you that is causing this to happen because they do say we've only tapped into a certain amount of our brain i mean what if all this what if a poltergeist is just a case of somebody going fucking x-men and tapping into more of their fucking brain and not being able to control it and not being able to explain it because of it you know yeah i get you that's great i have a question for you in this house have Mm. you ever felt at any point that there could be something there or something watching you. Yeah, but in, as in like, it's not because I've heard something or something's happened. It's been like I've been in a room and I'm like, I'm just going to leave this Is room quietly and calmly. There, there, there's, there's three. There's one all the time and then there's two when you're not here. Okay, what's the two when I'm not here? The 
too when you're not here or if you're up in bed is is the L shape. It's the small hall. Yeah. That's in darkness a lot. The other one is the sitting room, but only when I'm getting ready to leave. And I don't like I don't like when you're not here. I don't like the sitting room being quiet. No, sitting room is kind of a safe space for me. I, I, I kind of go in there. Even though the last day when I stayed up all night editing the show and I decided I think it was like fucking half five yeah. and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to throw myself in the couch because i got to get up with kids. And I had done so much uh, horror stuff that I remember I was lying on the couch and thinking to myself. And Riley had kept putting it into my head about stuff popping up behind the couch and us talking about he shadow people did so that much. To me one night and because our furniture and everything is so black in our sitting room mm. i was like you know there's literally because you have the black curtains and a black coach right in front of it and they're long black curtains so that whole area is blacked out and that's behind me mm. and i would think if i look backward i see something move quickly no, and no, i was no, like no, oh no, shit no, no, but outside that no. mostly the sitting room is a safe space for me and i don't really i, I understand what you're saying about the L-shaped thing. The mm-hmm. dog sleeps where the darkness is, so I know I'm pretty safe there. But sometimes Sammy drags her um, bed out, and Away then that really there. freaks yeah. me out. But we've admitted that before as well. There was like a time when our kids were young, younger, yeah. and we had two dogs mm. before Ka- Kayla died. Mm. And we were even laughing about it. It was like, we could have a fucking poltergeist in the house. Yeah. We oh, wouldn't know. That's too much if noise. If you've got animals and kids, the ghost could be living there for years. You're not going to find out until you're a fucking pensioner and they have fucked off out of Nice your fucking <laughs> try, but you've only got about five good years left of us. <laughs> well, um, the other well, one then. Yeah, the one all the time. Utility room. That was the one I was going to say. Utility room. That was my one as I well. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Nothing happens in it. Nothing has happened in it. Nothing Except for the fucking door with the handle. That's, that's been explained. No, yeah. yeah right. So, like, me and Riley were sitting here one afternoon mm-hmm. or evening. And uh, we could hear a squeaking. And uh-huh. we looked over and we could see the handle on the door start to go down slowly. And I was like, what? And that day the dog wasn't on the other side. Yeah, but if it's any bit of a wind trap, no, no, it it's loosened. whatever way it, it hits off. It, kind of, it looks like someone is does, slowly yeah. opening the door. It's not like a quick thing. It's mm-hmm, not like it, it's mm-hmm, loose and it just slowly. slips down. It really slowly goes and it squeaks. As it uh-huh. And that door knocks every now and again as well. Again, so I, and there is something about it where I have stood. It's a very small utility room, and I have stood in there a few times and felt like kind of a chill go on my back and just be like, ah, yeah, all right, done in here. Yeah, <laughs> I know what it is. Wait, I was just curious because we did say that we looked it up, and there isn't any murders or deaths, or even natural it's deaths. A in battle our house. site, though. That's it. We're we're on a battle site, huh? I'm so. freaking myself up here. I can hear a noise. <laughs> I can hear a noise. This is my second time here. <laughs> so we live on a battle site. I, I fucking how, how many hundred years ago would that be? I think it was like the late 1600s. I think early yeah. 1700s. Yeah. So, uh, so we could have dead ghosts roaming the, the place. Or one yeah. of us could be followed. Or again, like I said, I could have bought something home on one of my jobs. I think it's 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 definitely the estate over. I think. I would be honest with you. If I... <laughs> If um, a, uh, a ghost, a polar guy started now and it turned out to be that Grimes fella that we got the stuff from his house, I would think I'd be alright with it because it would be like, well, you've been here for a few years you haven't given us any grief, so we're all good, buddy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Again, I feel like I showed him a bit of respect and uh, you know, gave him a send-off. So maybe, yeah. maybe he was here and I released him by maybe. burning that last bit of blood. Staging <laughs> the house. <laughs> I didn't do it in the house. <laughs> I bought it away from the house. Maybe he's down at the fucking bridge now. Maybe. Ooh, every time I go down there. 
The Hodgson House was not a happy one when the activity started, and it is commonly believed that poltergeist activity tends to start after major trauma or a life event. In the case of the Hodgsons, their father had abandoned them for a younger woman, and the family was left struggling in poverty. The two girls, Margaret and Janet, didn't have a good relationship with their father and were afraid of him. The youngest child, Billy, wasn't with the family because of his behavioural problems and he was in a boarding school. Boarding school, no, I'll put it nice. He was in a boys' home. Kind boys of thing. Yeah. You know? William Roll, a parapsychologist who studied many US poltergeist events, noticed a tendency for the person of the centre of the activity to exhibit symptoms of repressed anger or distress. He believed that the haunting was due to the discharge of mental energy he dubbed recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. Or RSPK. <laughs> so, I, I swear to God, I nearly went R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> he theorized that the person was involuntary employing RSPK in order to let out their repressed feelings. So, again, we're talking uh, an energy fucking thing again, aren't we? We're yeah. not talking yeah. spirit. We're not talking real legitimate demon. We're talking someone... Tapping it. This sounds more X-Men than it does fucking ghostly to me. Definitely. This genuinely sounds like someone, a poltergeist is actually somebody tapping into another part of their fucking brain and getting the telekinesis going yeah. but not knowing how to control it and not knowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So this certainly seems to be the case with Janet who had a license to swear profusely and displayed increasingly aggressive behaviour during the haunting. She would suddenly rush across the room and bash her head on the wall and her family became concerned that she would kill herself. So she would have fits of rage where she would shout and swear and would be physically restrained. Towards the end of November, a doctor was called to the house and he administered 10 milligrams of Valium in order to sedate her. After being sedated, Janet levitated and landed on a radio where she was discovered by John, Peggy's brother. 10 milligrams of volume ain't going to do shit. I'm on 5 milligrams of volume right now myself and I'm recording a podcast. Did levitate? Did they, did she, was she just bound sitting on a radiator? I think it was a case of she was in bed. They left her in bed sedated and then they heard her a loud crash and when they went upstairs, now we're talking again in the 70s. Remember what stereos looked like in the 70s. Remember what our parents' stereos looked like in oh, the fucking the big ones. 80s yeah. and the 90s. Yeah. So these things were one of these ones that went from the ground up to about four foot high, four or five foot high, you know, and she was found lying on top of it. I'll show you the picture afterwards. I'll post it on Instagram, but there mm. is a picture and she's in the fetal position on top of this fucking thing. Like. Oh, I think you've seen that, actually. So it was, yeah, yeah. when I was lo- looking for the recordings last year, you see that there's a man standing in front of her kind of looking shocked, pointing at her. Yeah. And she's curled up in a ball on top of something. It looks like a shelf, but it's uh, it's actually uh, a, a, stereo. a stereo system. Mad. So Janet wasn't the only person affected by the poltergeist. Her, mur- her mother claimed to know when events were about to take place as she would get a headache. And Margaret, at one point, shared the same dreams. However, the activity always followed Janet. So again, I, I know I keep harping on about it, mm. but headaches, is it a case of there's this extra electronic fucking Could energy be. in the room that is caught? Yeah. Because me and you constantly get headaches when there's thunder and lightning oh, coming. Yeah, lightning is fucking electricity bolting out of the sky. Yeah. And we get these blistering headaches before it happens. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. So, I mean, is this... Are we after making a breakthrough here, Amy? Maybe. I feel like I've met a breakthrough. I feel like we're possibly not the first people to think of it. Pro- well, no, because we've well, just seen that the physicists are talking about yeah, it, but a it's, it's a breakthrough for is me. It? Personally, <laughs> moment. <laughs> Apparitions started to appear, and a neighbor's brother saw a light about a foot tall burning in the Hodgson's window before fading away. Another neighbor, 
and Peggy saw the same elderly woman in different windows independently of each other. Children and fucking old people. They're the types of ghosts I don't want to see. Yeah, no, that's creepy. Do you know? Yeah. Unless, I mean, I've always said if, like, and I know we've discussed this before. I was like, if it turned out it was, like, a relative. It was, like, one of my grandparents that I was seeing. Yeah. I'd be happy enough to see them. And I'd, talk, I'd try and talk to them, try and communicate them. Mm. But then what we've learned from studying all this stuff and watching so many documentaries and reading so many books about the paranormal is that the demons and the bad ones will take on the shape of something you like oh, exactly. in order to get into yeah. horror. Because you said that to me before of when we were talking about the possibility of... I, I was saying every now and again, I could swear... That I could hear our dead dog whining outside the back door. Absolutely no and attention. And you were don't. like, you, I, I was like, what would you do if you if you went to the door and she was there? Would you let her in? And then you were asking, what, what would I do with you? Would I let you in? And I said, well, look, if there's any chance at you, I'm letting you in because I'd obviously miss you. But like you said, there's mostly the possibility of a <laughs> being a thing. Yeah. Do you know what I want to do? And I think we should do it just for fun. And we'll uh, videotape it and put it on and it's gonna Amy's shaking her head furiously here and I'll say no 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 I know what's coming. Oh I'm getting a Ouija board. <laughs> I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> uh, I'm going they don't want the cheap as fuck on uh, Amazon. They can get one for like fifteen cents. Oh, quid. that's fine, they're the ones that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll invest in a good one. <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll do it like paranormal. Right? We'll, 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 we'll try and do it and if it doesn't work, we'll put a camera on it overnight and leave the camera on it. And then I'll I'll speed up the footage the next day and put it on Instagram and we'll see if anything happens. Yeah. We have had one instance of us. Oh yeah, there. with the box. Yeah, I yeah. do have a video of this, but it, no, I have a video of the site where you get the sound because the video is of the camera facing out. Yeah. Of out into our front garden. Yeah. But the camera is inside the window, mm. so it picks up the sound inside the window. And I was in the kitchen one day, and Amy was upstairs because Amy works from home. Was mm-hmm. upstairs working on the phone lines. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing, I think was it, does Riley come home first? Oh, we're on about two separate occasions, though. So there's two occasions. Riley yeah. comes in the door, and then he closes the door. And next thing, there's this huge, loud Bang. crash. Yeah. And I remember I thought to myself, well, that was Amy's after dropping something upstairs. The next thing, you come out into the landing, you're like, was that you? And I'm like, what? I thought it was you. And then you said to me that you had seen that the I've attic door. I've seen it door. open. No, yeah. again, we live in a dormer house. We don't have an attic. When you go up through that attic hatch, there is literally no space to go up into it's it. Tank, there is a water tank yeah. up there and no other space up there. And uh, that had been up. <laughs> and you were at work at this None stage? of us touched it, uh, yeah. touched it. But you said that was what the banging was because now it was down. So mm-hmm. it had slammed back down at some mm-hmm. stage. It went up and slammed back down at some stage. Yeah. But that was the only thing. And I was Post the that other video. Thing I can post was, that video on Instagram box. as well this week. We had the box oh, up in the yeah. cupboard. The other box. That, that's what I thought you were on about. We had a. It's a wooden domino. It was a domino set. Yeah. And it was a wooden box full of dominoes, and it was up on one of the cupboards in the kitchen. On top of the kitchen. Yeah. On top, on top of, the of the kitchen. And we came in. We heard a crash, and we came in, and it was right bang smack in the center of the floor. Our kitchen. There. Yeah. So there like it had been flung off there like. So we have one where I can, I'll put up the video. You won't see anything. You'll just hear me and Amy kind of And it wasn't a particularly windy day or anything no, like that. You, you can see the trees outside and they're, and they're not moving. Yeah, like you it. see Riley coming in. And, and, yeah. and, and, so again, you hear us interacting. So you'll hear the legitimacy of it. We're not <laughs> like, trying to put the over. <laughs> literally just, I thought it was you. No, I thought it was you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have here? Oh, God. Maybe we are fucking haunted and we just don't know it. Anyway, back to the Enfield haunting. 
A physicist called John Hasted, who strapped Janet to a blunder coach. What's a blunder coach? I've heard of these before. I think it's I an this apparatus thing. used to measure such anomalies. Found that her weight increased in a way that couldn't be explained. So when she was getting into these episodes, she there was an extra weight in her. Oh yeah. He also observed a light bulb explode, which he which he considered a similar unexplainable incident. And oh, we had that's happened to us a few times. Oh, that's happened to me in at home in Paris when I was younger we as have, well. Um, in the bathrooms, instead of lampshades, we have those big dome kind of mm. like, like a huge light. They basically look like huge light bulbs that you put around the light bulb. We had them outside and, as well, yeah, so they exploded. Yeah, we've had like three or four of them explode mm. on us, like just out of nowhere. But I've I've I heard one of them. I was in the sitting room, and next thing I heard this thing shattering, and I just walked out, and I was like, I was riding myself riding funeral at home, and I was like, why did you break something? He was like, no, and it took me forever to work it out, and I opened the front door, and there's all this glass. Another physicist called David Robertson attempted to secretly video Janet but found it impossible to conceal the equipment. He saw several unexplainable incidents, however, such as a sideboard overturning, Janet levitating, and a cushion being transported to the roof, among other things. What the fuck? I've never heard of that one before. Cushion being transported to the roof. Mental. That's bonkers. So, although the council could not rehouse the family... No, would not rehouse the family. Would not rehouse the family. Sorry. They agreed to send them away for a week-long break during half-term. So, they went to Clacton on sea, and the only incident that occurred there was the sound of a dog barking from Janet's bed. On November the 5th, when the Hodgins returned from their holiday, Gross decided to communicate with the spirit using raps, one for no and two for yes. He asked the same questions. Um, so I have a recording of this as well. So we're going to play that. And again, be warned, these are pretty creepy. Before I get to the recording, though, the backing thing, that was like the common, that was the start of the, the, the talking. talking. Before they could get full words out of them, it was a lot of barks. I was just, rawr, 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 like that, yeah. like, you know. Knock one for no and two for yes. Are you a male spirit? One for no, and two for yes. Two. That's two. You are a male spirit. Did you used to live in this house? You did. Was it... Was it more than 50 years ago? Yes. God. Did you... Did you die in this house? Did you pass on? You did pass on in this house. Now, why are you here? Are you unhappy? You're not unhappy. But why are you here? Is it because you want to give us a special message? No. You don't want to give us a special message. No, at this point, I, I think the, the, it started to knock kind of irregularly. Then. It wouldn't do the one-two for, for in this situation. And you know, it would, he'd start asking questions, and it would just be, anyway, "What does tree mean? What does uh, yes, no? What do you mean?" So I, you know, and I'd start fucking with him a little bit. And the spirit then threw a cardboard box and pillow at Morris Gross's face. Again, in the TV show, they dramatize the shit out of this. How well, I think they might have done this scene as well, but beforehand, there is one scene where he's kind of a uh, he drops something or something falls, slides off the the kitchen table. Mm. And he bends down to pick it up. And he's kind of looking and there's um, a pot, a teapot. 
on the okay. table. And the teapot slightly moves. And he, again, he was kind of lying over. Are you having a game with me? I'm getting a bit long in the tooth for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the next thing, the teapot flew off the, the table. Now, it mentions, I've read that nowhere else. That was just in the TV show. So it was probably put there for drama. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, even in the TV show, they built his uh, relationship with his wife to be very kind of back and forth. Yeah. About how she felt about it. But it doesn't seem like he ever had any issue with his family over what he was up to. I mean, his son kind of talks glowingly at this time of being like the happiest time of his father's life was when he was out being a ghost hunter. Like, you know? So, and, and John, his son has still kind of followed. I, I don't know, is his son involved in it now? But he still kind of holds up his father's name. Like, you know, yeah. Still, like, he did this documentary for Apple and all that kind of okay. stuff. On Monday the 10th of November, which was Janet's 12th birthday, Playfair invited an Argentinian psychic called Eduardo Blanowski to visit. He bought a magnometer which they used to look for anomalies in the electric magnetic field around the house. During his visit, Janet's pillow was thrown around and the machine registered a change in her electric magnet, uh, in electric magnetic field strength. On the 12th of November, Janet, on the advice of the psychic, left pens and paper around the house and called out to the entity to leave her a message. After which messages started appearing around the house. Peggy found one in the fridge that said, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate. Fucking hell. The next message, which was found in the living room table, said, Can I have a teabag? Peggy placed the teabag on the table and a ripped teabag manifested next to it. Peggy's ex turned up at the house and she showed him the messages. Once he had gone, Peggy apologized to the entity for showing him the messages and another one appeared saying, It was a misunderstanding. Do it again. I uh, don't do it again. I know who that was. Ooh. The writing was very similar to Janet's. Okay. But again, if it was manifesting through her, it could be similar. So on Tuesday, the 29th of November, the first medium, a Brazilian psychic called Luis Gasparetto, visited the family. We are getting much better at these names. <laughs> <laughs> he was accompanied by his interpreter, interpreter, I'm terrible. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> interpreter, Elsie de Grassa, who was a member of the healing department of the Sao Paulo, Paulo uh, State Spiritist Federation. They offered some spiritual healing to the family, which gave a bit of respite. Lewis would go into a trance-like state and produce drawings and paintings, and after they left, Janet began producing disturbing, bloody pictures while in a trance. She also wrote the name Watson over and over on a page. It turned out that a family called Watson had lived in the house and the wife had died of a brain, or no, not of a brain tumour in her throat, of a tumour in her throat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, if you die of a brain tumour in your throat, you are sticking around to haunt the shit out of that area. I mean, that is... That's a two-for-one kick in the balls right there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let alone do you have a tumor, but your brain has moved to your throat, and that is where the tumor is now. <laughs> Sounds like a really bizarre take on Deep Rose. Oh, 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 make a great horror movie. How's <laughs> <laughs> that? Oh, yeah. On Saturday, 3rd of December, Janet was pulled out of her bed, and Mars found her sliding down the stairs headfirst while she was still asleep. We should actually point out that uh, that uh, that that um that picture was similar to one that Janet had drawn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, that's another example of another person who had died in that house yeah. in a pretty bad way. Like, so I mean, 
They had who we haven't gotten even gotten to yet was Bill. Mm. We have this lady. I don't know why Joe Watson then begins to speak, but there's Joe Watson as well. So there's like Bill Wilkins, Joe Watson, this lady who died there. Sounds like ghosts. It sounds like a lot of people yeah. trying to get through to one fucking person, yeah. like so. But again, they say that if it's a poltergeist and it knows these individual things, that Happen. it's going to yeah. pull off of this to scare you. Because I said it to you earlier. You were asking earlier about the whole kind of poltergeist thing, and I was how they can um get more. The stats so small and get so intense. Mm. And I was saying to you, it's kind of a case of they need to. It's like Monsters Inc. They need mm. to. They need your scare to provide them more energy. Energy. You need to notice some, like they said in Paranormal Activity. The more they paid attention to it, the more Toby got busy. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a case of a few of me are sitting here, and like when the, the box flew off the, the the top of the the cupboard. If you and me had freaked out about that and made a big deal about that, then maybe something else would happen. Yeah, yeah. But like, because oh, you mad. and me were like, that's crazy. I wonder how that happened. And <laughs> kind of looked at it and then put it back up and then forgot about <laughs> yeah. it. Then that would stop. But generally what they do is they start feeding, they'll start with something small. And when you pay attention to the small thing, that allows them to do something a little bigger. And every time, and again, it's like a serial killer. When serial killers, they start doing small things and giving themselves small allowances mm. that allow them to build to the bigger fucking oh, picture, yeah, the yeah. bigger dream that they have. And I think it's the same when it comes to hauntings and poltergeist activity. It's they'll do these little things, mm. and once you start paying attention to little things, now you're giving them the energy to start doing bigger yeah. things. And the bigger they're doing, the scared, more scared you're getting, and the more you're interacting with them to try and solve the problem, the more they're able to feed off yeah. it. It's yeah. like Colin Robinson out of uh, what we do in the yeah, shadows, energy, 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 fucking vampire style. They'd feed off that energy, mm. and you see how many paranormal investigators have we seen on paranormal caught on camera? Yeah, and they say like that when they go to a real heavily haunted place, that they'll find let alone do does the batteries and their phones and their cameras start to drain really fast, but their energy will drain Drains really fast, fast if they go fast. to a heavily haunted area. That they'll feel cold, they'll feel scared, and suddenly they'll be very weak and tired. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're feeding off it, like, you know? So, a couple of days later, another member of the SPR joined the team, a student physicist called David Roberts. Uh, more members of the SPR joined them on the 10th of December, and Dr. John Belloff and Anita Gregory. This is where it gets a bit fucking interesting, all right? The group called the entity to speak, and after some whistles and barking, a gruff voice calling himself Joe Watson began to speak. However, the next night, the voice said his name was Bill Wilkins. And on Tuesday, the 13th of December, Morris Gross's son Richard, who was a newly qualified solicitor, helped his father interrogate the presence. The spirit responded with banging in response to questions. But a man's voice was soon heard coming from somewhere behind Janet's neck. The voice identified itself as Bill Wilkins, who had died in the house at the age of 72. Richard asked him how he died, and he said, I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Days before I died, 
son Terry actually later confirmed this was indeed how his father had died no I was uh, watching again and we talk about differences between reality and fake yeah. <laughs> kind of between what we do on the main show and what we do right here mm-hmm. the main show we would do what they did in the fucking TV show in the TV show they made Bill Wilkins out to be an awful cunt it, it is heavily implied he was extremely abusive to his family yeah. had no wife uh, or was left alone by the end of it and that he was dead from weeks that there were flies in the windows before anyone noticed he was dead okay and they make him out to be this poor man what's his name what's his son's name terry Terry. to be an awful kind of shattered broken man from it and he's like uh oh i had a sister but when she was 12 she stepped out in front of a bus and killed herself kind of thing and i I don't blame her for it because of the life they had then you watch a documentary of Morris Gross going to play this man, a recording of mm. Janet talking about her dad, as her dad, saying okay. how he died. And this man's just a normal man in a nice regular house who had nothing bad to say about his family or his father. He was yeah. like that. My mom went out to the shops for 10 minutes, came back, and he was dead in the chair in the corner. Huh. But he did say that what Janet said is Bill, with the Bill voice, which we had played earlier, mm. that that was definitely how his father how had died. died. And then okay. he said about the thing, because their big part of this haunting was that the knocks that were coming were coming in trees. I said that yeah. earlier on. They yeah. started when they were asking questions and it was one knock for uh, no, two knock for yes or something like that. Yeah. That, uh, that the poltergeist started knocking three times. Yeah. Terry said that his father actually would live through the World War Two in London. Mm. And that one of the things that they used to do when there was an air raid warning and they had to go into the bunkers. Yeah. Instead of going door to door to tell everybody, oh, we need to get into the bunkers. They used to bang on the walls three times. So his father would go from one side of the room, go from one side of the house. And he'd hear the tree raps on the wall from those neighbors. Yeah. And he'd go across to the other side of the house and bang on the wall to let the ne- next neighbors know. And they'd go and let the next neighbors know. But it was a common fucking thing around World War. The tree knocks in the wall to let him know it, you know. So, again, this was a little bit of a proof that Bill might have been there. Yeah. So, when Playfair asked Bill why he wasn't visible, Bill said... Why can't Janet fool you? I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? So you hang out as Sounds like like line from like like a cheesy nineties show. Now, just to put this in context, Amy has heard me reading the line, the scripted line of "I'm a go, I'm a." No, I've seen the real one as well. The real one doesn't sound like that. Where it is creepy as fuck when he says it in the actual recording, which will be up on this before we uh talk about this so yeah to rule out the possibility janet faking the voice gross taped her mouth uh but the voice continued he then asked janet to hold water in her mouth which she did and the voice could still be heard talking gross recorded hours of the voice by using a contact microphone placed on the back of janet's head a speech therapist who examined janet said that they couldn't be certain where the voice was coming from 
though it bore some resemblance to a false vocal chord tone. There is a voice effect known as plica ventricularis, ventricularis, which is where muscle tension behind the throat can produce sounds independent to the vocal cords. However, using this muscle tension to speak often results in an extremely sore throat and can do some serious damage, none of which happened to Janet, who would speak for up to three hours. Since no cause could be found, it was concluded that something was using Janet as an amplifier. Gross and Playfair decided to hypnotise Janet and called in Dr. Ian Fletcher, who was a hypnotist, surgeon and member of the Magic Circle. Fletcher put Janet into a light state of hypnosis and asked her some questions. Do you know who is doing all this? Me and my sister. Why do you think you are to blame? I don't know who it is. What do you feel? What does it feel like? Cold hands gripping me, gripping me around my body. Who started the trouble? None of us. What is the cause of the trouble? An increase in unhappiness. Fletcher later said, The impression I formed was this is not fraud. She and her sister are doing some of these things, maybe springing out of bed. Something is forcing them to do it against their will. It was soon after this that Janet began levitating. On Thursday, 15th December at 11.45am, Hazel Short, the local lollipop lady, witnessed Janet floating around her room. When the uh, baker's roundsman, who delivered bread next door, was coming along the road, he heard a tremendous commotion in the Hudson house. And he looked up, the curtains had been pulled across, he looked up and he saw Janet floating around the room in a horizontal position like this, followed by some books and toys. But at the same time, across the road, is a lollipop lady. I saw Janet lying flat and she was floating. She was going up and down in front of the bedroom window. And I think at one point, because I was hitting the window, they actually thought, well, I might come through the window, you know. I mean, it was quite a frightening experience, really. I came home and I kept thinking about it and I thought to myself, well, maybe she was doing it herself. I don't know. So I came straight in, took my coat off, my hat, went straight upstairs to my own bed, laid on my own bed and tried to lift myself up horizontally. And you couldn't do it. On Friday the 23rd of December, the family goldfish died and Bill admitted that he had electrocuted them in their tank using spirit energy. On Christmas Day, the pet parakeet was found dead in its cage. And later that day, Janet was found with a curtain wrapped around her neck. Peggy managed to untangle her, saving her from suffocating. Janet later complained that a knife was following her around upstairs and Peggy found one of the knives she had just put away on the stairs. Just the knife? Yeah, fuck me. Just <laughs> oh, floating, like. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I'm so no. messed up. Janet later said, I was used and abused. There was levitation, there was the voices, and then there was the curtain that wrapped itself around my neck, which was quite life-threatening for me, and it brought it home to me that this could kill you. On Sunday, the 15th of January, which was Peggy's birthday, writing in fecal matter appeared on the wall. This was followed by a few days of puddles of diarrhea that was sent to the test for testing at a lab and came back with as cat urine. That's weird. 
puddles of diarrhea that came back as cat urine. Peggy and also saw yeah. a man from the waist down walking up her stairs. You had asked me a few days ago if there was apparitions in this, and I didn't think there was. But was he few... wearing pants? No, no, so no. How do you know he's a man? From the waist down, walk up the stairs. Well, I suppose if he was wearing kind of manly trousers, uh, especially the time oh, trousers and yeah, shoes yeah. would give it away, yeah. you know. A few days later, I am Fred was found in the bathroom door written in electrical tape. So that's another one. So we have Joe, we have Bill, we have Fred, yeah. we have the lady who died there with throat cancer who must be Joe Watson, a relation to Joe Watson because mm-hmm. she was a Watson. Mm-hmm. We have the bits and pieces that were in there from the child murder house. Crazy. Many people witnessed paranormal events over the 19 months of the poltergeist activity, but numerous experiments have confirmed that eyewitness testimony can be unreliable, as observers often see what they expect to see. Dingwall, Goldney and Hall, who worked at the Borley Rectory case in 1956, argued that the influence of suggestion played a large part in what people saw or heard. Once in the mind of the affected, belief can be strengthened and the simple events misinterpreted in order to fit them into the desired pattern. This is confirmation bias, which is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of existing beliefs or theories. Confirmation bias, alongside poor memory and consensus reporting, mean that strong evidence is needed alongside witness testimony. Uh, okay, right, I get that, right? And that was a complaint as well with Roswell, that by the time people started really talking about Roswell, Roswell was, I think, 40 years in the rearview mirror. I think it was, like, mm. third or fourth generation that were, were allowed to talk about it. But that's because they were claiming the government were holding them back. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, people, you think this is a good, good one? When we get to fucking Roswell, I will be talking for about three or four hours straight. <laughs> I will be at my mom. <laughs> It'll just be me in the room on my own going full on fucking good With your tinfoil hat. <laughs> and Charlie from It's Always Sunny with my little fucking board with all the, the wires <laughs> and the, 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 the cords leading to the UFO to Roswell in the middle. Secret lock to get into the kitchen. <laughs> By the time you come back, I'm just like, oh, I'm like a man out of Stranger Things. The guy who played the lawyer in, in your uh, underpants. <laughs> Huh? Living in your underpants. You remember he used to be the conspiracy nut yeah. before. Yeah. Was he living in his underpants? When they, when they found him in the warehouse, living in that warehouse, I'm pretty sure he's in tighty whities. He opened the door. I, I won't lie to you. When I am alone in the house, it's pretty much, especially in summertime, it's underpants I'm living in too. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't mind that, here. but they're not. I ain't getting who am I getting dressed whities. up for? <laughs> but I, I would say, like, I agree with that, right? Fine. People... You know, they, they hear stuff and they, they, they kind of, they, they might start seeing things because they were told. They were they're told looking that they're stuff. there. Yeah, yeah. But then there's a big kind of um feeling amongst people who are into the paranormal and who are into UFOs and stuff like that. You have to be open to seeing them. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. If you were searching for it, it will not show itself almost intentionally. It's it's when you're you know not expected. So I don't I don't know. Like it's hard because a lot again, you say as well. Like I would say if it was a long period of time, and these stories were changing. Yeah. Fine, but these people were interviewed. A lot of the interviews and clips I played today mm. were from directly around the time of it. I mean, they were interviewed as children as well. Like there's clips of that. Yeah. There's clips on from the BBC. Of Janet sitting there talking in the voice, like, you know? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it was a long period afterwards. Yeah. But then you look at a long period afterwards, 
And all these people are saying, yes, this is what happened. This is what yeah. we saw. This is definitely, definitely. I mean, again, the documentary I watched the last night, mm. the four-parter compared to the documentaries I've seen in the past, all the same people, none of them changed their story. I said, all right, that the guy did, from the Daily Mirror, the photographer, was a little more uh, kind of overzealous with how hard the brick hit the wall. In mm. the Earlier when I had heard him talk about it, he did kind of say there was a possibility it could have been flicked. But in the documentary on Apple, he's like, it was fucking bounced off the wall. Uh. But it just feels like too many people saw it. Too many people, legitimate people yeah, saw I it. Gotcha. A police officer saw it. Uh, you know, the photographers yeah. saw it. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I know people say the Daily Mirror, oh, it was only a fucking tabloid rag at the time. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. There was still these witnesses who are still, to this day, not benefiting from it. Yeah, say, true. I mean, if you have seen Janet fucking <laughs> in, in, in real life now, mm. she's shook. Yeah. She is yeah. terribly, terribly shook. You know? She is, yeah. She is not right. She's never been right after that. Yeah. Right, you know? Yeah. Her sore older sister, yeah, she's a bit more bubbly about things but mm. um on may 16th the spr formed a committee in order to carry out their own investigation the committee interviewed the witnesses which they found convincing they also consulted charles moses an experienced investigator from the southern california society of psychical research so it's not just them calling it psychical the committee found that there was good evidence for paranormal phenomena as described by various witnesses. However, they were reluctant to give credibility to the voice of Bill Watkins, which I find the most credible thing. Mm-hmm. On 25th July, the family sent Janet to the Maudsley Hospital, which is a psychiatric hospital in South London, and the incidents died down, even though the family still saw apparitions. Janet underwent extensive physical and psychological assessment at the Institute of Neuropsychiatry under Dr. Peter Fenwick, and nothing was found to be wrong with her, including brain damage or epilepsy. You, you, you were about to fuck up on physical there, weren't you? Because you were so used to saying psychology. <laughs> I got that. Oh, you did, but I was like, oh, I did you got Janet returned on the 1st of September after being away for nearly six weeks and within half an hour saw the apparition of a little boy. On Monday, the 2nd of October, they called in another medium, a Dutchman named Dono. Uh, Dono. Oh, fuck you. Melig Mining? What? Melig Mining? There's a G, is that silent G thing? Melig Mining? Yeah, yeah, okay, I would agree with that. Melig Mining. Who came to the house and travelled along the astral and travelled along the astral plane? He didn't even come here on a regular plane. This guy wasn't taking the fucking <laughs> taking no Boeing. This guy wasn't getting on it. Sounds like Idris Elba had to grant him passage. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got the bifrost and he just true <laughs> <laughs> fucking Rick and Morty shit here. He just walked out of a green Bartley like, "What's up?" <laughs> he was certain that a twenty-four-year-old woman was involved in the case. Isn't it? big one. Oh yeah morris gross had had a daughter called janet who had died in a crash age 24 and it was this that had led him to become a member of the spr after dono identified a 24 year old woman the incidents tapered off and then stopped so this could have been janet janet trying to get through to her father mm. the whole time because it started to ease okay so morris gross remained in contact with the family until his death at 87 in 2006 he spent much of his time towards the end of his life defending his investigation of the haunting. Guy Playfair remains an active author, author, researcher, and member of the SPR Council. P- 
Peggy Hodgins remained in the house until her death in 2003. Oh, Janet. Yeah, I know, yeah. Janet left the home at 16 and married early. Her brother John died in 1981 at the age of 14. Both Janet and Margaret have made several television appearances in subsequent years where they continued to insist on the authenticity of their experiences. In fact, Janet said in a 2011 newspaper article, Years later, when mom was alive, there was always a presence there, something watching over you. I, again, from that um, documentary, mm-hmm. Janet hasn't been back to the house, I don't think. I'm not too sure about that one. They did, yeah. did uh, they built the house, the bedrooms and all the rooms on set for the documentary, and they had her walk through that, kind of yeah. like fucking Sydney and Scream fucking tree walking through the stab set. And um, they had her sitting down in her bedroom looking around. But again, mm. she is a very shook sounding woman. Like, you know, she's not. She sounds like, like she's been through a lot. I mean, like, no father oh, figure. Her brother dies at that age. I mean, like, well, not just the haunting. It must have been every. I know, that. yeah. Do you know, yeah. They, they, it's that kind of trauma that invites them in to start with. Yeah. Margaret, on the other hand, has said that she went back to the house once. Okay. She won't go back again, she says. But she Duh. went back to the house once. She said the house was, I can't remember, was it empty or there just wasn't anyone home at the time. Okay. But her and her husband went up and kind of looked in the window and she said that the lights started to turn on and off as if the house recognized her. Weird. So she said she was not going back nope. there again. Not a hope. The Enfield poltergeist has continued to fascinate and several films have been made based on the events. Spielberg's 1982 film, Poltergeist, was loosely based on what happened. In 1992, a BBC mockumentary called Ghost Watch, starring Sarah Green and Michael Parkinson, featured identical paranormal incidents. We have got to find that and watch that. And in 2015, there was a three-part series called The Enfield Haunting, starring Timothy Spall and Juliet Stevenson, which I have been speaking about throughout this entire show. And before we get any further, I left out, obviously, the Apple... Uh, the new Apple documentary, four-part oh, yeah. documentary, which I suppose would be the main part. I mean, I knew this story inside and out anyway, but those uh, two shows, the, the show and the documentary, would be a, a big part of the source for what we were talking about today. And in 2016, The Conjuring 2, uh, directed by James Wan, was made, which featured two American paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who visited the house in May 1978. Ed and Lorraine Warren are very good at making up scary stories. Mm-hmm. And should have and that's what they should have done. They should have wrote scary stories. Yeah. But Ed and Lorraine Warren are full of fucking shit. Because there was no fucking nun on this fucking thing. They were barely there for a day. Mm-hmm. And they were there for the bare arse end of it. Same way with Amityville. They yeah. turned up for a day and were there for a fucking bare arse ass end of it. And in all cases, they claimed to have not seen anything. But Lorraine felt the presence because she heard it. So, I mean, look, again, I enjoyed the Conjuring movie. The first two, one, anyway, I definitely yeah. saw. I saw the second one. It was all right. Annabelle was kind of shitty. Mm, and great. I haven't watched any more since. And, I mean, I liked their book. It was entertaining. It scared the shit out of me because I was yeah. reading it in the dark at night. And that was fun. Yeah. And that's what I liked about them. But even then, the guy that wrote that book said about Ed and Lorraine Warren that when uh, they were on a case, he was on a case with them taking notes. Mm. And nothing happened. Ed kind of pulled him aside and he was like, look, do you want to tell the truth or do you want to make money? So it was, you know, we are going to say this is what happened. Yeah. So they're full of fucking shit, the two of them. But fair play to them. They managed to make some money out of all that shit. I mean, fuck it. 
I'd still go and I mean like if I was in the area I would still go to their museum oh yeah definitely and all that stuff because you know but again and then I think they were hardcore Christian fucking saviour fucking as well so anyway that's the infield haunting that was awesome that was good I actually really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it I I enjoy that story in general it is good but I don't know why since watching that and getting into all this paranormal stuff this week I'm really not against paranormal I I just uh, when we watch Paranormal Cotton Camera sometimes and we see people going out, I'm like, you're crazy. I couldn't do that. And now I'm like, I love the fucking... I could do it. No, it's it's the ones where they're like weirdos about going in on their own. And it's yeah, like, I, that's I, asking for that. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that. I'd no, have to have I need to. Yeah. Even just one other person, but just not on my own. Oh, I'd have a full-on fucking escape plan. I'd have okay. someone told where I was. I'd have someone kind of told, if you don't hear from me by this time, come looking for me. You know, it'd be... <laughs> have the twine wrapped oh, around your waist and like uh, at the gate. Fucking leaving beans from the door the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> Jelly beans the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> find my Please, way back every up. so often <laughs> they go missing it's not a ghost you're dealing with it's a fucking mythical fucking fairy tale monster they eat your jelly beans and you can't find your way back to school <laughs> you're getting two fairy tales completely mixed up am I? jelly beans and jack and the beanstalk eating them back is, it's, it's no, your tree you're just regular breakfast. beans yeah your beans your breadcrumbs yeah yeah it's a stupid fucking idea. We could probably do a, just a fairy tale. <laughs> There's an idea. What? Doing a fairy tale. What you mean? Trying to try? Well, you could do that as yeah, yeah. that kind of legend kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, we could figure cool. something out. We'll work on it. Anyway, that's it for this week. But if you want more, we got loads fucking more. There is about twelve episodes of Real Monsters. There. There's about twelve episodes of Behind the Mask. There, yep. there is bunches and bunches and bunches of mini souls of creepy past the crypt mini monsters. Mm-hmm. To say what mini souls, which keep getting longer and longer every week, and are going to have to stop being yep. called mini souls and just being called us talking shite for a half an hour to an hour. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this week it's all ghosts. It's fun. And a bit of real true crime in there as well this week. And uh, again, we have our main show out every Wednesday to Thursday. <laughs> I'm going to give us a bit of wiggle room here. Wednesday to Thursday. Sometime within the 24 hours of Wednesday to Thursday, that show pops up on Spotify. We yeah. just finished our Michael Myers four-parter. And this week, we are laying right into Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, possibly four. Mm-hmm. The rest, once they start time traveling, they can fuck right off. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so head on over. Well, if you're listening to this, you're already here. So start listening to it all. Use your fucking fiver. Make the most of it. Enjoy it. Even though I might give this as a little bonus on our main feed for like a seven-day kind of period and pull it again. Okay. Just to let people see all the awesomeness that is happening over here on Patreon every fucking week. So until next week, I am Dr. Smokenstein. She is the gorgeous and sexy Amy Rose. And that's it. That's our Patreon exclusive material. It's, again, just a little sample of what we have on offer over on Patreon every single week. So come and check it out for $5 a week where you get early access to all our mini-sodes and the main show and our weekend update say watch show 
that uh, usually comes out all on Tuesday evening. And then we also have the main show with absolutely no ads in it. And it comes out as well 24 hours before it comes out on the main feed. So that's all for only five bucks. And like I said, that is only going to grow and grow and grow in the amount of episodes and in the amount of content we put up there. So it's you know forever growing and staying at the same price. So come check it out. Yep. And you can catch our main show then on Spotify and Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, YouTube, everywhere really. Like. Yeah, we are all over. We finally got on Apple. Apple was a bit of a problem for us at the start, but we finally got ourselves on there. So wasn't you, wasn't the problem was we didn't have the technology to use iTunes. <laughs> and that was about it. And we find and it, I wouldn't mind. We had the laptop for iTunes then for months before I find like, was like, oh, oh yeah. wait, <laughs> we're not on iTunes. <laughs> so we're on iTunes now. Come check us out. So next week, we will be back with an actual full-blown new story. And you already know what it is. It's the demon Pazuzu and the possession of Regan McNeil. So that's going to be fun. But until then, I'm Dr. Harley Ray Smokestein THC. And she is... Gosh, it's sexy anyway. (laughs) That's it. It's Alive Alive. All the guts and gore with none of the guilt. See you next week. Same Alive Alive time. Same Horrorverse channel. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.